Welcome to the Christmas week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stackton here alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio there in Mitchell, South Dakota. None other than Travis Krins. Travis, let me be among the 50-ish percentile to wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Yeah, you'd be among the first. Whoa! Happy happy Christmas to you. Well, we'll probably be off next week. So, yeah. Is this the last one of the year, or what? Are we I, no, I think we'll try. I think we'll try and do one next week if it if it works yeah. out. Oh, um, good. You know, it's the way yeah, it's, with you know with it being on Sunday, you yeah. get Monday off, so everybody gets a three day week. Yeah, extra extra days off, and then uh, you can use some extra days at the end of the end of the year for more days off. Yeah, so absolutely, rest. Yeah, because who wants to? It's like this week of work, like these next two weeks of work for for sure. Next week, everyone's like. Yeah, why are we bothering working next week? You may as well use up your PTO, everyone. I mean, there's really nothing going on. It's a holiday break. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much going on. It was a, it was a, the big adjustment when you're not in school or college anymore is, oh yeah, you don't get a month off this right. time of the year. Right. You actually have to go to work every every day for the most part, so. Well, we have a lot of different things to get to today. A lot of significant items on the agenda, uh, including this these nasty winter storms last week. Now, I'll be honest, uh, St. Cloud, I didn't think, got hit nearly as bad as what they were forecasting initially. But doggone it, that snow was the wettest, heaviest snow I think I've ever snowblowed in my life. The Dakotas basically got shut down, both South Dakota and North Dakota. It was a nasty storm, really a nasty system, because it brought about two storms, uh, and it was just, it was nasty, nasty weather. So you got you got wet snow. Wet snow, yep. Wet, heavy stuff. It was just gross. We got, well, Saturday Monday night, we got rain. Tuesday, we got rain, and it wasn't that bad. It didn't freeze. I should say we got, we got rain initially, and then it, when it switched to snow, it was all heavy wet. And we went barely, barely cold enough to snow. And on Wednesday, it turned over to snow, and it wasn't that bad because it wasn't windy. But then Thursday was the worst day because it was snowing and windy at 45 miles per hour. And then Friday was a continuation of that for a little while. And yeah, it just shut everything down for like a week. There were some schools that had four off days last week from Tuesday to Friday. They just didn't go to school. So, and then we've got uh, Thursday might be the last day of school here, but they've already called that off because of the wind chills. Ah, okay. Yeah. And we've got, we probably got, what do you get, six inches of snow? Five, in, five inches of snow? Five, six inches of snow maybe? Okay. just Because the wind, the wind was just terrible. They the wind just blew we- everything around. They say we got a foot in St. Cloud in total. Oh. In in total, I I don't I don't know about that. So was the was the snow that you got heavy and wet or was it light and fluffy? Oh, heavy and wet. No, it wasn't that. It got big flakes at times. It was. I think it, it it just got cold enough to where it was like a twenty-five. It was thirty-two to thirty-five those first couple of days. Then it dropped down to twenty-five. So. Okay. Uh, wet, I wouldn't say it was all that wet, Okay. probably compared to what you got. It was like a normal snow, and wind was crazy, and, and, and then just extreme cold this week, supposed to be 50 below wind chill on Friday morning. Yikes. 
Thursday night, and it's supposed to be a little better for Saturday, so which is better. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be in a period here from tonight till Saturday morning where it's going to be between 20 and 40 below wind chills Gross. continuous. Yeah. So it's one, one below for a high tomorrow, wind chills about 20 below all day long. So, yeah, that's what it's going to be like for four or five days in a row. That's just entirely gross. I did see, what, Mike Seidel from the Weather Channel was in Sturgis. I saw that, yeah. That was was a wet snow. Yep, and, uh, of course, you can't be in Sturgis uh, covering a big storm for the Weather Channel without mentioning the Sturgis motorcycle rally. Um, I don't know if they were in North Dakota anywhere. I would assume maybe they were, but, uh, I mean, we... My my brother and sister-in-law, they live out in uh, Minot. She's in the, the Air Force. So um, they were supposed to come. We were doing uh, celebrating Christmas last weekend with, with my dad. And um, they were supposed to come down. But they basically said Wednesday, like, yeah, we aren't going to be able to make it. North Dakota, every road was shut down or, like, no travel advised. Was it the same in South Dakota, too, where pretty much every road anywhere was shut down yeah interstate from chamberlain to wyoming was shut down then it was from mitchell to wyoming then uh from north dakota to watertown was shut down the interstates and they never shut down the highways but they said no travel advised so yeah it it was that bad for, for basically the entire state it was just it was pretty, I don't know, unbelievable. Just a lot of schools called off school the night before, mm-hmm. and like everybody was out. So there wasn't many areas that had school or even late starts I for feel, a while. I feel bad for the youth of America, for the youth of today that don't like. Now, were these cancellations? Were they full on cancellations, or were these e learning days? I don't know. I don't know how they do that. They didn't mention that, but yeah, it's very possible that. Like, hey, you know what? You can we're gonna go on the computer for the rest of the week. Yeah. That sucks. And that just sucks. Like you and I, when we were growing up, we got these awesome snow days. Like that was the best part about winter, arguably. Like what you know, when when you're in school and you're like a big storm's coming, oh my gosh, are we gonna get two hours late? Are we gonna get a full day off? That was great. Um and yeah, we got we kept getting calls, uh because now that Noah's in preschool or part of the St. Cloud School District, oh. and we would get uh, automated phone calls, voicemails saying, "Hey, we're uh, you know school's two hours late tomorrow. There's no preschool. Uh, it's going to be an e-learning day if it's called off." It's like, what? Give kids an opportunity to just take a breather, relax a little bit. You know, that takes away the magic of a snowstorm, especially in the Upper Midwest. If and this really didn't start before COVID, did it? No, no. Because they didn't really have it set up yeah, before no, that. Yeah, COVID if, if, was, it, if it means we get out a week earlier at the end of the year, then I'm okay with that. If it means we only got to continue to go to school and have makeup days, then I'm okay. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather have an e-learning day in December than be in school for an extra week in May. Yeah, see, I don't think they do that. I think it's just... Uh... Like, I mean, that, that should count as a school day because it is you you're still think. going to school. You still have class, so it's like, yeah, do that, but like we're not we're getting out earlier at the end of the year. 
You would think so. You would you would hope so, but I don't I don't think that's the case at least in Minnesota. I could be wrong yeah. though. Um, just give kids a school uh, uh, a snow day every once in a while. It doesn't have to be e-learning. That's kind of crap. But there's another storm that's coming in on Wednesday, supposed to dump some snow, and then the winds pick up. Kind of uh, what you alluded to with the wind chill and whatnot. Um, I think that's going to impact a lot of people's traveling. It certainly could uh, certainly is likely to impact our travel. Uh, uh, Marcus is getting out at a good time. We won't have Marcus on this week. Uh, to recap the World Cup, Argentina won, by the way, in penalty kicks. That's a great way to decide a championship, right? I saw the anal- uh, the comparison to like the World Series being decided by a home run derby or the Stanley Cup being decided by a shootout. Nothing is, is better than a, you know PKs to decide the World Cup. So uh, congratulations to Lionel Messi in Argentina. Um, but the storm is supposed to hit. So Marcus will be on next week to talk about that and also uh, give us a Gasparilla Bowl update, uh, a report. So that's that's good. We'll get into our bowl pick em here uh, later on. But another storm, so hope it's likely to impact our travel, lots of travel throughout the place so, uh, or throughout the region. So uh, will it impact your guys' plans at all? I don't know. It's kind of watching the weather tonight and seeing what's going to happen. Four to six inches of snow, I guess, over the week. And we were planning on leaving Saturday morning where it shouldn't be as cold. It'll only feel like 10 below instead of 50 below. And I think they say the wind's going to die down. So I think we're leaving at a good time on Saturday morning. Good. Get to my parents by noon to see the Vikings either come back or collapse from a three-touchdown lead. <laughs> so I think it'll be okay. I wanted to leave maybe earlier on Friday, but that sounds like it probably won't be as nice as it will be on Saturday morning. So yeah. we, we might be okay. Then we got to go to Spencer, Iowa the next day. So I think I think it's just going to be cold. Yeah. Go slow. Keep it cold. So. Well, safe travels to you guys and on your journeys. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah, a lot, a lot of traveling going on. So... I'm I'm impressed though with the entire state of South Dakota practically shutting down last week because of the weather. That 7,700 fans were able to brave the uh, elements and go to the to the Jackrabbits home game against Montana State. The Jackrabbits are Frisco bound. They crushed Montana State 39 to 18. Montana State's quarterback. They kind of run a two quarterback system. A lot of running and whatnot. A little trickery. Uh, he got hurt early on. Uh, so that impacted Montana State, but the Jackrabbits just annihilated them. They will be taking on the Bison, who uh, beat Incarnate Word 35-32. Incarnate Word should have won that game. Um, I'll get into that in a moment, but I guess Jackrabbit fans maybe came out in droves a little bit more because of the inexplicable mistake by ESPN to talk about the Jacks and air San Diego State versus Air Force footage. When talking about the Jackrabbit defense, we talk a lot about ESPN and how poor they do, how poor of a job they do regarding SDSU, the lack of respect, the lack of care. This is a new low, an absolute new low. I don't know how they recover from it. There, there, there's just, there's zero. Yeah, it's just bad. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter to them. And. We're far beyond it mattering to us because it's happened so often. 
and usually it's a slip of a tongue of, hell, I was watching the, the SDSU women play South Carolina the other night, mm-hmm. and they couldn't even get through the goddamn intro introductions. Uh, they were talking about Maya Selland, and the analyst slipped up and said South Carolina State. And that was in the intros in the first two minutes of the broadcast. You know, South Carolina State, she probably knew she messed up. So it's, it continued to be a problem. And you figured, figured, you know, the men's basketball team gets the NCAA tournament on a regular basis. And whatever it means for the women uh, to get uh, to the Sweet 16. And these games are on ESPN. And there was a thing last week where SDSU, they were on ESPN – uh, three times in eight days. Yes. Two football games and a women's basketball game. Yep. So that's something that's ever probably happened before. No, I would agree but, with but, that. Um, and, and most of the time it's a slip of a tongue by somebody. Uh, but this time it had to be, all right, we're going to talk about South Dakota State during half. This was the halftime of the North Dakota State game. Yes, yes, yep, Friday night. So we're going to preview this. We're going to talk about this, uh, specifically their run defense. So we're going to need somebody to put together a little 20-second package about uh, South Dakota State defense, run defense. So give us some clips about them stopping the run. So they did that, and they put together however long that took them, half hour, hour, three hours, to put that together of San Diego State. Somebody said SDSU, somebody figure, oh, this is San Diego State. Yeah, you have to imagine it was some dumb intern that... Uh, yes, that, but then somebody yeah, had to approve it, somebody hopefully higher up on the chain, hopefully looked at it before, you would think, yeah. and said, yep, this looks good. And so, and then nobody, none of the analysts at halftime said, oh, sorry, this is uh, the wrong team. So yeah. it's probably the worst thing because it had to go through so many channels. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how nobody up the ladder caught it. It's just unbelievable. It is. It is. You you know you wish they would issue an apology because it happens so frequently, but they don't care, and it just makes Jackrabbit fans angry, and 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 rightfully so because it it is a sign of disrespect. I mean, if you want to be the worldwide leader in sports, why don't you you know put a little uh, pride in your work and figure it out? Like it's 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 not that hard. This is not. It, it, it's, it's just not hard. It, it really isn't. And again, it's not like San Diego State is like North Carolina or Duke or Notre Perfect. Dame or some well-known national brand. It's San Diego State. Where yeah. State? I never think about them, and I don't understand. It's, and we have a very unique nickname, too. Mm-hmm. And... We're not the only Division One university, but we might as well be in the state. So I even think- I, don't know why, I, don't, I don't know why it's so hard. I guess you see SDSU, you think of San Diego. Can we just get Clay Matvick to call games, our games yeah. every every time? I mean, Mike Cousins, I think, called the game. Or is it Tom Hart? One of the, the the play-by-play guy on Saturday said South Dakota get or does or like. You know, everything's going South Dakota way. Or South Dakota does whatever that South Dakota wants. Or South Dakota's getting whatever South Dakota wants. And it's like, okay, like, are you talking about the state? Did you mean the team? It's like, eh, I just don't get it. Clay Matvick's been around. Uh, he's been around, in, you know, of course, the upper Midwest. But he's done enough of these SDSU games to know uh, 
who the Jacks are, and he wouldn't screw up. It's just, it's bad. Um, but yeah, Friday night was a new low, and um, I don't know where you recover from. And now we get to see how many times SDSU will get screwed up on Sunday, January 8th, because the Jackrabbits are playing the Bison. Um, the Bison were down 16 to nothing to Incarnate Word in the first quarter. In the first half, their offense was just dreadful. But the, the word left at a uh, field goal, at least they had a fourth and goal from the one and elected to go for it, got sacked. And they they passed on multiple opportunities to either take some points or maybe run the football a little bit more than what they did. Uh, and finally, NDSU got their run game going. They ran for over 300 yards. They completed one pass the entire game. Like, this is not a good NDSU team this year at all. But if you want, uh, if you, this was a bad weekend for officiating from the college ranks to the professional level. Uh, but if, you know, if you want any of that bison magic, just look at that fumble that Incarnate Word recovered and they said, nope, NDSU has it. Um, and yeah, it's just bad. Uh, but, Ultimately, NDSU won. You get the matchup that you want with the Jacks uh, and the Bison in Frisco. It should be a great game. I'm nervous just because it is North Dakota State, and we have three weeks to talk about it, but I I genuinely believe that SDSU is the clearly better team this year, that this is arguably NDSU's worst team that they're sending down to Frisco. If they beat them this year... They beat them last year, too? Yeah, three years in a row they've won. Yeah, they've been better than them three years in a row. They're better than they are this year. They should win this game by, I don't know, 10, 14 points. Mm-hmm. Mm, they've been the best team all year. Their defense is good. Offense is good. And just got to stop their running game because their quarterback's terrible at passing. Yep. Um, if we're going to win a national title, we may as well do it against the team that's always there. So nobody's ever beaten them in the title game. So we'll see if South Dakota State's that team. I think they will be. And as long as the quarterback doesn't get hurt on one of the first plays of the game like last year, I think they should be fine and they, and they win. And yeah, and if you beat Incarnate Word, that's nice. But to beat North Dakota State, to do something nobody's ever done, yep, and to beat them, it's you know it's like two national titles. Oh, it's at least five. Let's not let's sell it short. It's at least five, uh, which is why I want them to beat the Bison. But at the same time, I'm scared as hell that they're going to lose, and then the Bison fans will never let SDSU fans live it down. Um, that's my fear with it. But I do think SDSU is the better team. And then this is a down year for NDSU when they still get there. And but how fortunate the Incarnate Word game was, it was tough. It wasn't easy. But other than that, they had a pretty easy road to it. And this was a down year for them because they lost a couple games. But how, they lost the how Arizona and SDSU. And there were some games that didn't look very good. Right. How fortunate, though, for them that they didn't have to travel to Sacramento State. That uh, you know that they got to play Incarnate Word. Um, you know this was the year that they were supposed to have to go on the road for the semifinals. Well, just how good is this team outside of the Fargo Dome? 
and it breaks. But they don't lose. I mean, Sacramento State had an opportunity to get to the national title game with a bunch of home games, and they couldn't do it. Yep. Yep. And North Dakota State just rarely loses at home Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. What they lost there once, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, SDSU should win this game. This is this. This is yeah. This is the biggest. The biggest South Dakota State athletic event ever. Mm-hmm. We talked in the past about, okay, what's better, NCAA tournament win or a football national title? I think SEC people would say the, the basketball because we haven't had that football thing yet. Yep. But when you look at this, because it's North Dakota State, this would be bigger. Yes, agreed. Than, than the Jackrabbits beating, you know. Whoever Ohio State or Michigan or Baylor, whoever they played in the past, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. So you know, hopefully the weather's good. Um, fans, that'll be interesting to see. With the fam, I'm sure NDSU will have more fans, but I think it'll be pretty. Uh, I think it's going to be not, pretty not too easy. terribly out of line. Yeah, nope. I th- based on kind of what I'm, you know, the the chatter on on social media, it sounds like quite a few Jackrabbit fans have already purchased tickets. Which is good. Yeah, I think they've sold out of their allotment. There's more on sale Wednesday. Yep. And those shouldn't last more than five minutes. So go quick. And it's uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be exciting. It you know I I saw some people you know from like a Bison fan post like well this is you know it's Fargo South you're in for a rude awakening when you get down there it's like well because you've played James Madison and Illinois State. And, you know, Sam Houston, or all these other crap schools that you're just so so much more superior than. This is a rivalry game. SDSU has been there once before. They they took over Frisco then. This is not, it, it's not going to be, oh, uh, the other school didn't sell out their allotted tickets and, oh, yeah. and Bison fans are scooping them all up. No, I think Jackrabbit fans are pretty well... Uh, well versed and they know that how big of a game this is that they're not just going to leave any um open tickets you know available for bison fans to snatch up that's not the case this year no booking falls apart so they'll get any fans in north dakota state fans will go to texas next month to watch a football game that they play in every year so yeah, attendance attendance should be fine. You know, there there might be as many Jackrabbit fans there as we're at the playoff games. And you know, there weren't NDSU attendance hasn't been great here than in these playoffs either because I think people are bored with the playoffs. They just well, I'll go down to Texas. So I'll, I'll I'll do that. I don't care about watching these playoff games because it's it's foregone conclusion that we're going to win them. Mm-hmm. Well, and, so it, you know. and like you know. Those that went, you know, in the early days were students or fresh out of college. Well, now they have families and they it, it's yep. expensive and stuff. Well, that's too damn bad. So, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, we'll look forward to that game in three weeks. We'll talk plenty more about that uh, as it approaches. Let's get, though, to the NFL. And this was, I think, the, the craziest weekend of... Football. They had the two of the wildest endings I think we've ever seen. It had the best comeback, the biggest comeback of all time. It had the craziest ending in the 
Patriots-Raiders game, which we'll get to here shortly. Um, it had lots of official controversies. This was a bad... I said it was a bad week for officials. The NFL has to be looking at this as a very... Great that the games were close and you know we had the this awesome comeback, but boy, some of these calls loom large in the grand scheme of things. So we'll start with... Uh, with with what happened in, at U.S. Bank Stadium on Saturday, I mean the Colts jumped out on the Vikings, thirty-three to nothing. I will say this though about that: if you look at the score, thirty-three to nothing, you're like, wow, the Vikings are playing like crap. Well, anything that could go wrong went wrong for them. But when you look at it, okay, there's a block punt that was returned for a touchdown, and you know why couldn't it, you know, just roll out of bounds? It was just it popped right into. The guy's hands, and he and he ran in for a touchdown. Then you have the um, the fumble that the Vikings had. Well, that you know, had a big run by Dalvin Cook, and then he fumbled it, and then the Colts scored their lone offensive touchdown of the game. Their lone offensive touchdown. The Viking defense actually played pretty well, especially in the second half. But in the first half, to only give up what four field goals. And one touchdown, that's not terrible um, compared to what we're, we're used to seeing from them. I, I don't know I don't know where you find this stat, but the Vikings have had to have given up more field goals than any other team in the league. <laughs> they gave up, what, five to the Colts. They gave up yep. five to the Jets. Yep. Jesus Christ, they give up field goals like it's nothing. Well, it's, it's, it's the bend but don't break philosophy. It's the, <laughs> let's give the team at least 30 points a game and see if we can pull one out of our ass. Yeah. For the 10th straight week. That's what the fucking defense is. And then you, you notice nobody bitching about the defense because, well, because they won. It's like, well, the defense, yeah. The I defense, though, didn't play that. Like, if, uh, that's why I say if you, you, have, you have the. Like, the Colts, the Colts are a bad team. Yes. They beat, they beat the Chiefs. They should have beat the Eagles. They damn near beat the Cowboys. But then, basically, what the Vikings did, what the Cowboys did in, in the fourth quarter the other week. Yes. Where it was close yeah. and they scored 33 points. Right. The last right. two fourth quarters for the Colts, they've been outscored 55 to nothing. In the fourth quarter. That's not the game. It's the last quarter, which is astounding. But so everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Vikings. They had Chandler Sullivan. Who had the he had the strip? He recovered it and ran it back for a touchdown. Oh wait, no, the officials say forward momentum was stopped, which is crap because Pittman was still moving forward there and lunging for yards. Um, that I I could understand why, but I, I it was a bad call. It should have been um, should have been a touchdown for the Vikings. It would have made it twenty three to seven. Colts punt, and then what happens? Kirk Cousins throws a pick because Jalen Rager doesn't know where he's supposed to be on the field because he's not on the field enough for offensive plays. Pick six, it's 30 to nothing. It's like, oh my God, can this get any worse? Oh, let the Colts will just tack on a field goal. 33 to nothing at the end of the first half. I have to imagine that roughly half of the televisions in Minnesota and the surrounding area shut the game off at that point. I was having a good time watching Alabama-Gonzaga. <laughs> I thought that was a outstanding game. It was. And I, 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 the habit is, is to watch the Vikings game, you know, 30 to 45 minutes after it's kicked off so I can fast forward through commercials. Mm-hmm. And my phone was buzzing and beeping. 
well, something's going on. And I check the phone, and I see, well, the Vikings are not off to a very good start. No. So I'm, so I'm aware of that. So I'm watching this game. I go into it. Oh, okay, this is going to be a loss. This is a bad start. And, and I'm looking at it. And then I'm looking at it. And then I'm watching it. And it's like, well, why would I watch it? I mean, this is bad. Why would I continue to watch it? So I didn't really watch much of the third quarter. It was like 36 to, what, 33 7. 36 to 7 at one point. KJ or 36 7. Yeah. KJ Osborne made the, scored the touchdown to make it 33-7. The Colts came right back down and kicked a field goal. And uh, so 36-14, I'm like, all right. Then what, Jefferson made it 36-21 early fourth quarter. They scored those two touchdowns in yep. about five minutes. Yep. Then once that happened, it's like, well, they have a shot here. Two yep. stops and two scores. I mean, you can't give up really any more points, and they didn't. And they even, you know, had that interception. So yeah. again, which was again, Jalen Rager, yeah. uh, stop. He stopped running the route. Like I, I don't understand why you would stop there. But they, he was know, only why, in the, why would you throw it to him in the first place? Well, I think he was only in the game because didn't Jefferson get knocked out at that point? Yes. Uh, the idea that uh, concussion. Yeah, it's like. He wasn't really wide open. He was one-on-one, and even if he continues down the route, it's a jump ball to him yep. against his defender, which is uh, kind of a 50-50 proposition yep. at best. So they did that, and then even then, like, well, they still, the Colts aren't doing anything offensively. And uh, they get it, and the big Dalvin Cook, you know, 60-yard run or the, mm-hmm. uh, the little screen, that was, that was a – Probably the biggest play of the whole thing to score just like that. Yeah. That helped a lot because yep. time was an issue at that point. Yes. And then at that point, you think, hell, they could get a stop and win this in regulation. Yes. 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 And, but, you know, they got the two-point conversion, TJ Hawkinson, and, and they got the ball again. That was just unbelievable. So yep. crazy finish, and they marched down the field, and, you know, fourth and ten, he got a punt there. I would think that was the right call. Because yes. the, the Colts weren't doing anything. Right. They weren't doing anything for a long time. So, like, why give them the ball at the 40? Because Greg Joseph ain't making a 57-yard field goal. Exactly. He just isn't. Yep. Nope, I absolutely can't go, That was the right call. Yeah, I mean, that fourth and 10, you, you, you do that. So, and then it worked out, and they kicked the field goal. And, yeah, unbelievable comeback. So, I mean, you've got you – know, they're, they're two amazing wins – and, and, and the Buffalo win may have been even more amazing because it was a minute to go and they just had no shot to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Buffalo's a lot better than the Colts. But you had the, like the Herm Edwards play, you've had that happen to him yep. with Buffalo. Yep. And then you had the, the Oilers-Bills come back. You had that happen to him as well, like yes. six weeks later. So you've had two of the most unbelievable memorable games or moments in NFL history happened to the same team in like six weeks. Yes. Yep. So when they're what they're 11 and three and their point differential is plus two. Yeah. And they were in danger of being uh, 10 and four with like a negative 30 point differential. Yeah. So it's, I don't know why they're so good. And then they're so bad. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't even think they know. It's, it's mystifying. How are you yeah. so good and so bad? Either. Yeah, he doesn't understand it either. Um, well, so what, what are you doing when you're down 
when you're when you're up a couple touchdowns, seems like they just go into a prevent offense mode of all right, we're up we're up seventeen points. We don't have to do anything. Well, like oh, the- it's tied. It's tied. Oh, we got to do something now. Like- oh, we're down by uh, three touchdowns. Now we got to do something. I like the mentality that Patrick Peterson had at halftime when he said to Kirk Cousins, okay, we, you guys score five touchdowns, we're not going to give anything up. It's like, okay, like that's awfully lofty. Kirk Cousins said after the game he thought that maybe Patrick Peterson was being sarcastic, but no, Patrick Peterson was being serious. It's like, okay, if Peterson wants that mentality, why isn't that mentality at the start of the game? So Yo, we're going to stop them. Well, maybe stop them instead of letting them score six times in the first half. Yes, yes. Why, do, why does that need to happen? Exactly. It's, it's very frustrating Yep. that it's like, come on. So this maybe, is a very good team when they're on, but they have not been on yet. For They have not put together a complete game yet. Right. And maybe that's maybe this is the catalyst for that. I keep, I keep hoping for that, and we have not seen it to this point, but maybe it is. I, I have a fear that the oh, immediate, I mean that the immediate, was it the Dallas game the one that followed the Buffalo game. Well, I was thinking more so from the the Minneapolis miracle to the oh, I mean that's the, I mean, that's the same thing. Like, yeah. I just, when something like this happens, they do not respond well the next week. Right, and that's why so there's an opportunity there because Jalen Hurts uh, is not going to play this week. It sounds like against the Cowboys, he's got a sprained shoulder. The Eagles do have a two-game, really a three-game lead at this point. They would have to lose their final three games, and the Vikings would have to win out for the Vikings to get the one seed. But, so you're saying there's a chance. You lose this game, if you lose against the Cowboys, the Vikings win. All of a sudden, there's just a little bit more pressure on you, even though the Eagles finish with two at home and the Vikings finish with two on the road. It's very unlikely, but there is still a chance. And the Vikings need to keep winning because they have to secure the two seed. The 49ers don't appear to be losing anytime soon. No. Uh, their schedule is very light when you look at it. Home against Washington. And then uh, where are they? They're at. Couple division teams. Yeah. They, they, uh, at the Raiders. And then home against oh. the Cardinals to end it. So it's like, okay. That this is uh, pretty pretty easy for you. So the the Vikings have to win uh, the remaining games to to fend off the 49ers for that two seed. So they can't let up. But you fear you fear you fear it will with just how much emotion and uh, energy it took to come back and complete this. But again, it's the largest comeback ever. The previous one was 32 points. Frank Reich. Uh, and you know the Buffalo Bills against the Edmonton Oilers. They were down thirty-five to three. Houston, Houston, uh, Houston. Yeah, did I say Tennessee? Whoops, my bad. Houston. No, you said you said you know, know what you said. What did I say? You said Edmonton. Did I say Edmonton? Oh my God! You what? said Edmonton Oilers. Holy crap! Oh, Boy, that's so my Alzheimer's. that's my ESPN uh, SDSU moment right there. Uh, there Edmonton. Oh my gosh, Houston and and Buffalo. They're in the playoff. Uh, so that's the largest comeback ever there. The offense was really good. I mean, Kirk Cousins threw for 417 yards in the second half alone. 417 is great for a game. A half in overtime? Are you kidding me? And it's not like this is a bad Colts defense. Yes, they don't have Darius Leonard or Shaq Leonard, but they still have Stephon Gilmore, who is a very good cornerback. They have playmakers on this team. Forrest Buckner and whatnot. Like this is a very this is a good defense, and 
the Vikings shredded them in the second half. Uh, the decision by I I'm very glad, thankful that uh, Jeff Saturday elected to sneak it with Matt Ryan there at the end of the game rather than did he not get that or am I out of my goddamn mind? No, he didn't get it. He didn't. The, he didn't. It, it seems to me that he got it. It. His, I looked at it and I'm like, well, that's the game. Yeah. I'm like, how did he not? And they reviewed it. I'm like, well, they're going to give it to him. And they didn't. The body. I was off a yard line or something. I thought, yes, he got it. The body. So I, was, that was another terrible one. The body was at the 35. The football, though, was behind him. So well, I, I think it was the right call. And Jeff Saturday had to challenge it, but that was going to be difficult. And to your point about the Dalvin Cook uh, screen pass there, because that came right after that stop. That was huge for the Vikings to score right before the two-minute warning because it meant the clock would stop again. So it it gave them an opportunity there. But the ref the referees in this game, the Trey Blake, I believe, is this guy is a referee. He should be fired today if he hasn't already been because they took two Chandler Sullivan touchdowns away from the Vikings. The first one again, um, you get forward momentum. Okay. I understand that to a degree. I think it was the wrong call, but that you could see where it was almost getting to that point, but then they let the Colts just keep doing it whenever they wanted to throughout the rest of the game and didn't call it. Fine. But then you get, what was it? Was it Zach Moss that fumbled it? Uh, or Deion Jackson, whatever, fumbled yeah, it in the fourth quarter? And, and then the, it, was a, it was a not an easy call to make, but he fumbled it very early. It was not a late fumble. He he, no. was, he was almost upright. Yes, he was. It, and he, the ball and was that right clear. there would have, would have won him the game, and that was unbelievable. Yeah, and then what happened is then Chandler Sullivan gets the um, gets a face, uh, an unsportsmanlike conduct, because he's losing his mind. I mean, you, you take away one touchdown from me, that's fine. You take away two? Are you freaking kidding me? And then that led to, I think, the, the Jalen, was that the Jalen Rager interception there? Yeah, I th- I think it was or the the interception of Jalen Rager on that deep pass. I think that was that. Well, yeah, the Vikings got the ball, but they didn't get the touchdown from the return. Right, and they would have been set up in great field uh, field position had Sullivan not gotten that unsportsmanlike penalty. But you can understand why, because that's a touch. It, it's clear that the ball is out. Sullivan picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. The referees are told to not blow the whistle, let the play go yeah. run out and. And then go back and check. Why they did it not once but twice is beyond me. There's also the phantom face mask penalty on the Rager punt return that uh, set the Vikings up like inside the 30. That was a really good return. That was a good thing Rager did. That got called back and no one could figure out where the face mask was. I mean, it, it was not. There was no face mask. So this officiating crew was terrible. They deserve to absolutely not officiate another game. For sure, no playoff game. That was that was that bad and egregious. And had the Vikings lost, yes, you can blame the first half and just the, the slow start, the bad defense, special teams, offense, and whatnot. But you can also, in part, blame the officials. And that's why, you know, you look at that pick six that Kirk Cousins threw. That was a 14-point swing there. Because Sullivan, if he gets that touchdown, it's 23-7. to And the, the, you're not going to have the, or the Vikings backed up inside their own 20 or inside their own 10. It, it, just, it flipped the field position. It, it was a 14-point swing. 
And you just can't have that in this day and age with the NFL, not with gambling and whatnot. That was a bad, bad call, and there were several others throughout the weekend. There's another face mask on Kirk Cousins they didn't call. Yes. Yeah. How? Like you, that should be reviewable. Because face masks are very obvious to see on replay. All right, did this happen? Did this not? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one I think, on Justin Jefferson. His face mask, I think, was yes. pulled. Yep. And they didn't call that. It's like, all right. Again, it's just unacceptable. And again, my idea is to have somebody up there watching everything. I mean, other officials saying, yeah. oh, there's a few, you missed a face mask here. Uh, stop. Because they can't see the replays that are on the field. Mm-hmm. So things need to be better. It was a, ter- a terrible way. Yeah, one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen because so many big plays. You know, two 15-yard face mask penalties. Yep. Uh, two fumble returns for touchdowns uh, given away. It's terrible. So, so it, it, crazy game, unbelievable game. Matt Ryan should retire. He is toast. Well, he's now been on the uh, end of two of the worst blown leads yes. ever. The Super Bowl with New, uh, with Atlanta when they lost the uh, lost yep. twenty eight lost that twenty eight to three lead to New England, and now this. I mean it. And, and just all the other leads the Falcons have lost through yes. the years. Yes. And he was the quarterback for most of those. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this was a very, very bad loss for the Colts. But I want to say that the Vikings won it. I don't think that the Colts lost it so much as the Vikings won it uh, with the way they played. And, again, having to overcome the officials uh, multiple times. Yeah, I'm not saying that the Vikings didn't do a lot of bad stuff in this game because they did in the first half but the officials in this game did not help them at all whatsoever no i just i just don't know why this team is the way they are <laughs> i know i don't think we'll ever know it's like where is this at you have you're obviously good enough to play very well when you play very well mm-hmm. but you also look like one of the worst teams ever when you play like you play and so, this, and this was a college football like game because it took four hours. I mean, it's just yeah. so long. But what a game! Uh, if you left uh, like at halftime, like a few people did, shame on you. Um, one of our friends was at the game. She said it was just nuts uh, there, and I really like that the Vikings chose to um, at the end of overtime there because. When they got the ball back that second time in overtime, a tie, uh, a tie won, would have won them the division. But I like the aggressive nature to try and go for the win because I don't think the comeback then would have had nearly no. as much. It would have, and I was thinking, what a fucking Viking way to end an almost comeback because it's not a comeback because they didn't win to have this thing end in a fucking tie. Watch yes. this thing for four hours, like watching two soccer games, except you've got <laughs> I don't know a century's worth of excitement in one football game compared yes. to a soccer game. Uh, but yeah, four hours to see a 36-36 die. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that the Vikings did that. Glad Greg Joseph made it. Uh, Jefferson was great. K.J. Osborne. I keep I keep banging that drum for K.J. He had a great day. Uh, the offensive line played really well. Um just it was a very very good game. You had several players cramping. It's understandable. Just outstanding uh, performance in the second half by the Jacks. 
or by the oh my gosh, by the Vikings. What's wrong? All right, with what, what 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 was happening? What do you um? You got Adam Thielen to do twenty million dollars next year. Yeah, you can't keep him for that. You yeah. gotta re, you gotta do some sort of you know. You gotta restructure it. Some sort of deal. You got Delvin Cook who's due fourteen million. I mean that's a lot. It's thirty, almost thirty-five million dollars for two guys. Mm-hmm. And Cook's kind of had a, an off year. He hasn't been great. He's been healthy for once. Yeah, he's still got over a thousand yards. And he'll, rushing, he'll, he'll have like twelve hundred yards this year, and it will be fine. There's a lot of really good running backs, I think, in the draft coming up. Um, but you know, well, what, what do you do with those? You got Harrison Smith. He's due also nineteen million. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got. A couple of guys that have been there longer than anybody, and they're due a lot of money. So that'll be an interesting, interesting to see. I mean, Eric Kendricks hasn't done much this year, right? Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys do a lot of money that are maybe at the end of the line. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season for sure. But let's just enjoy this ride because there is something to be said for a team winning these types of games. And I said it last week, or I think this was a again some of the. The messaging on social media is like if Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers were ten and zero in or nine and zero in one score games, everyone would be losing their their damn mind over it and saying how great it is. Well, the Vikings keep doing this and they, they get a lack of respect, and it's in part because of the blowouts, uh, the blowout losses that they've had. But you know that loss to the Lions isn't a bad loss. The loss to the Cowboys isn't terrible. The loss to the Eagles certainly isn't. You just want to see them be a little more competitive in those games, at least against the NFC uh, East. I, I, you know, I guess Buffalo is their best win, but what what is their best win outside of that? Um, I don't, like I nothing comes to mind. Like, oh yeah, they beat because all these teams. I mean, they very well could see Detroit. They're probably going to see Detroit or Washington. Yep. In the playoffs, one of those two teams, and they obviously have struggled with both of those teams. And could be Seattle. You know, it could be Seattle. I want to. That's why I want. I think this is an important game coming up against the Giants. In part, it's your last home game of the year, so you want to win that one. You need to win it to keep the two seed there. But also, the Giants are a potential team you're going to see in the playoffs. So. That, and I, I don't think the the first round matters a whole lot because I mean Washington, Giants, Seattle, Detroit, whatever. Um, Detroit's the one I don't want to see among all of those three. Mm-hmm. The second round matchup, you cannot go to San Francisco. That just, that's just, you're not winning that game. You're just, anything can happen, but they are not winning at San Francisco. Right. If the San Francisco's at home, I give them a shot. Not a very good shot, but a shot. Mm-hmm. They're not going on the road and fucking beating the San Francisco 49ers. That just isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you need that number two seed uh, to have any hope of of winning two playoff games. Again, yes. like I said, I've, I've never seen him in the Super Bowl. I've never seen him win two playoff games in a row. Right. So I don't expect that to happen this year. I agree, but you know what? Just the, the mere fact that they're that they're winning these games. Again, this is a historic win. And, 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 I, and I want to see what so, – so what what do they look like next year? Like when when does this end? Do they, do they quit playing? This is two years in a row now. Do they stop with this – Every game's close. Every game comes down to this is two years in a row. Maybe. Last year they lost a few more than they won, and this year they're winning all of them. What happens next year? Do they get better? Do they, all right, we're going to win a couple games by double digits every once in a while. 
I don't know. And then Jonathan Taylor, he got hurt. That was early on. So I, I, I don't know what happens. Like, what, what is this going to look like in future years? It's, it's a memorable season, but yeah, I do. I do trust <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. I trust uh, Quasi. I don't trust Ed Donatel. I think he needs to go. So let's see what they do. Maybe on the defensive side of things. I think the offense is great, though. I, I would like to see them be a little more consistent. But just I have, pass the ball every goddamn time because yes, that seems to yes. work pretty pretty well. Yeah. Pass the, you know, usually teams, if you pass it a lot, that's usually not good because it means you're probably down by a lot. Yep. But it's like this team, I mean, you've got the best receiver there is. Yep. So you've got a, you got a great good tight end. You got you've got a, another guy, K.J. Osborne, who is finally underutilized. Mm-hmm. Like just keep passing the ball. I mean, yeah. quit over. Why, why do we do well? I don't know. It's maybe it's something to do with the defense, uh, mm-hmm. giving up some other team's defense, giving us a little bit something when they're up three touchdowns, but just pass the ball. That's your, that's the best thing you do. Mm-hmm. You're running, but your running back's pretty good, but maybe that they, they just get away from that. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was just nice to, yeah, just keep throwing the ball. Be aggressive. That's the that's the killer mentality that um, that Adam Thielen has talked about. Uh, and he's an idiot. It's like it's the opposite of that. It's it is not. It's just ridiculous. I don't get it. So we'll see. Uh, there are some other though. Uh, the, the Buffalo Bills won a, a good game in Miami Saturday night. It snowed late. Uh, the Dolphins were game. They were up 29-21 in this one. The Bills came back and won. That's a big win for the Bills. Charlie's Dolphins are slipping up a little bit, but they have a big game against the uh, Green Bay Packers coming up here on Christmas Day, so hopefully they win that game. Yeah, Tua, he threw for 234 yards. Do you know what the over-under on him was in the game, going into the game? Oh, boy. Uh, 232? 234 and a half. Oh, no. Uh, I got it at two thirty and bet the under, so I lost that one. Oh no! Oh no! Um, Just I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. But they do it. I I am going to need Tua to have a big game, big game thrown to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle next week in the fantasy playoffs in our league um, because Jalen Hurts isn't going to play. So Tua, I need you. I need you to have a big, big game, big bounce back game next week against the Packers. Uh, but so the Bills won. That was great. Then Sunday, a lot of interesting things happened. But we're going to focus on, or I'm going to focus on what happened in the Patriots Raiders game and then the Giants Commanders game because, again, we want to talk about poor officiating. It was mainly in the Commanders game, but there's a very questionable call in the Raiders game. I don't know if you saw this. So the the Raiders are up 17-3 in the half. It's in the third quarter. Derek Carr throws a quick, like he's trying to just throw a quick little, I don't know, wide receiver screen pass or just quick uh, pass to Derek or um, to Devontae Adams, and it gets picked. Kyle Kyle Duggar uh, for the Patriots read the play perfect, pick six, and the Patriots are back in this thing, and the Raiders couldn't get anything going offensively. And then all of a sudden, here you go. The, uh, the 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 Patriots have a 24-17 lead. The Raiders have to score. They have to get going. 
and all of a sudden Derek Carr starts hitting Mac Hollins, and I think he hit Darren Waller, and then he throws this pass to Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole, like last I had heard, Keelan Cole was with the Jaguars, and he, they rule it a touchdown on the field, and then they they show the the replay, and it's like, oh, it looks like he stepped out, but the white there almost looked like it was part of the end zone and not necessarily out of bounds. I'm like, I think they're going to call this out of bounds, and they didn't. And they said there was uh, there was inconclusive evidence, or they didn't have a a view to overturn the touchdown call. There was one overhead shot that certainly looked like it, he had stepped out, but you couldn't be 100% uh, definitive with that statement. But, uh, A, then that means you need more cameras or better cameras. B, I I don't know how, how that's called, how you confirm that's a touchdown, because everything it looked like he stepped on the line... Um, but that was a big play in that game to get it to even get it to a tie. Yeah, then he had the pass interference in the last play of the game. No, and, no, no. That, that's the Commanders game, I think. Yeah, what? Are we, yeah, it's the, the Patriots Raiders game is what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it seems pretty obvious his foot was out. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't. I mean. You know, put put pylon cams, put cams on every pylon there is, not just the front ones. Every single one in every single game. It shouldn't matter uh, if you're the 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 one A team or the one C team or two two D whatever. Get the get these matter. cameras. It doesn't matter. You're making multiple billions of dollars a year. Put cameras everywhere. I don't know what they're doing with the World Cup with the with the offsides thing. Oh, the VAR, like, yeah. Use that for goal line situations. Maybe use use that for for out of bounds situations. Uh, probably wouldn't come into factor much, but in a situation like this, it would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is terrible officiating, and their humans are not going to catch everything. That's why we have replay, and then even sometimes it seems like the replay doesn't even catch it. It's like. Something that's very obvious to many people is it obvious to the only person that it matters to. So. Right. Uh, but then, so it's 24-24. The Patriots are trying to get in the field goal range. They're not going to get there. There's three seconds left. Uh, Mac Jones hands it off to Ramondre Stevenson, your boy, because you have him on your team. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you got a lot of points for my bench this week, though. <laughs> well, Jerry well, McKinnon. With Jonathan Taylor out, he'll be needed it. Yeah. Uh, this next. Well, I saw Jarek McKinnon was keeping a spot warm on your bench, and he had. Oh yeah, game. my bench fucking killed it this week. <laughs> they just killed it. If we, if we could have a league where we just play everybody we have, that'd be great. So they runs it. He gets a lot of yards, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's kind of trying to bounce it to the outside. The Raiders are going to stop him. They're not going to give up a touchdown here. But then Stevenson pitches it to Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby starts running back around the field, and then he throws it. This is the dumbest thing I think anyone has ever done uh, on the final play of a game because, it's again, the Patriots were tied. They weren't losing. He pitches this back to Mac Jones, but he throws it like 15 yards. He didn't see Chandler Jones, who, by the way, had missed Stevenson. He had missed tackling Stevenson to begin the play. 
He gets up, he, he, he intercepts the, the lateral, and then gives a stiff arm to Mac Jones, runs it into the end zone. The Raiders win 30-24. to This is the craziest, I, I don't know, is it better than the Immaculate Reception? Maybe, because, again, this is just an absolutely crazy, asinine ending because of the buffoonery of one Jacoby Myers and even Stevenson, because he shouldn't have pitched it to begin with. Um, have you ever seen an ending like this to any game? And was this the dumbest thing that you have ever witnessed or ever seen to end a game? Yeah, it's pretty close. It probably is. He, like, he throws it like 20 yards behind him. Yes. <laughs> to nobody except the quarterback, who isn't going to do a goddamn thing with it if he somehow catches it, Mac Jones isn't going to do anything. Right. They're like, oh, he's he, and you know, for Jacoby Myers, he handled it well. He said, yeah, no, I messed yes. up. Yes. Oh, so, yep. so he did that. Yep. But it's going to live in um, infamy. Sorry, Jacoby. And sometimes. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like, like he will be, when he dies, that's what he's going to be remembered for. Yep. Mark Sanchez he, is remembered unless for Unless he turns into be he's a great player. Yep. So you know, that, like, that defines his football life. Unfortunately for him, and it's yeah, he, unbelievable. It's the biggest comeback ever, and then he got something like this the next day. Yeah, like go to overtime. And usually, I'm in favor of hey, there's two seconds left. You don't, you got one play. You never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Stevenson ran off like a thirty yard run. Like you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. At some point, you just got to say, okay, what's 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 going to happen here? Nothing. So give it up, go for overtime, uh, be smarter than that. If so. the point was to run the ball and take a knee, like slide, like, okay, we're just going to go to overtime, then why don't you just take the knee to begin with? Yeah, if you're going to do something, I mean, do something. A run is not going to do anything. Do a hook and ladder, do some sort of a trick play. Yeah. It seems very odd that it- Bill Belichick would do that. Could, and and they said that the, the the players said after the game that they went rogue that the call was to just run the ball get tackled go to overtime and they went rogue on that. But if the whole if if that was the reasoning if that was the design to go to overtime then just take a knee. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? Like that, you're almost outsmarting yourself or outthinking yourself to a degree. Because Ramondre is getting 23 yards here, and all of a sudden he sees, like, oh, maybe we have a, ch- a shot here. Uh, we weren't expecting to pick up this many yards. And then and then all hell breaks loose. But I, the Raiders were left for dead. I th- and, and you know what? If they, if, if they hadn't lost that game to Baker Mayfield last week, inexplicably giving up that 98-yard drive or, you know, the, the two touchdowns in the final few minutes... We're looking at this team as probably a shoe-in for a wild card. And They're now, the opposite of the Vikings. They have lost so many leads this year. Yeah. Where, I mean, they, between them and what the Broncos' offense has been, uh, what that division could have been, yeah, they, they all could have been it. If the Broncos had any semblance of an offense and if the Raiders could hold on to a three-score lead ever, yeah. yeah, both of these teams would be 10-11 win teams and they'd all be in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, this is at, actually, for as much as I dislike Brandon Staley's tactics, 
he made the right decision Sunday against the Titans, calling those timeouts with the, the Titans having first and goal because it saved enough time for the Chargers to get down the field and score. That was one time where he actually made the right decision. But either way, this is this will go down in infamy as one of the worst plays of all time or one of like you know the nfl bloopers you ever have those the the oh yeah back in the kitchen yes vhs tapes of that yep yep, those were great to watch i watched them over and over and over again or nfl's greatest hits uh would watch those this is gonna i i I got um i got noah a present this year it's uh the best throws of zach wilson Oh, okay. <laughs> it's on a, it's on a, it's on a, it's on a floppy disk. Okay. <laughs> so it's not a very large file. Yeah, so. I was gonna say you might see what three, maybe four throws. Yeah, two throws from BYU, and then uh, just a picture of him on the sideline these past few weeks. That's basically <laughs> all it is. Oh, uh, maybe with a mom and, and something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so the Patriots, they lose that, and as if that weren't enough, then because we've already seen the greatest comeback. In NFL history, we've seen this craziest play to end a game in NFL history. We get then Giants Commanders on Sunday night. It wasn't a great game, but the the Commanders have a chance to tie the game late. And it's, what, first and goal at the one or second and goal at the one. Terry McLaurin lines up. He looks at the the side judge like, hey, am I... Am I right? And you know, he doesn't get a signal back, but it, I mean, he didn't. He maybe moved back just a little bit because the official didn't say, "Yeah, you're good" or whatnot. Play gets ran. Um, Brian Robinson scores a touchdown for the Commanders. Oh wait, it's off the board because the side judge says, "No, that's an illegal formation." Well, okay, if you want a Tim Donaghy sort of conspiracy to start there, you need to tell the damn guy. What if he's correct and he, if he needs to get on the line or get off of it? So that was bad. Um, and then, the arguably the most blatant pass interference you could possibly have on uh, the Giants' corner against Commanders wide receiver Curtis Samuel, and they call nothing. They call nothing. The Giants hold on to win. Not saying that the Commanders would have won this game because if they had scored a touchdown there, they would have still needed the two-point conversion to tie the game. But you are you're denying them that chance, and these were terrible ones. So I think it was John uh, John Hussey was the official in this game. He should never be able to ref uh, another game either. Jerome Boger shouldn't. Trey Blake shouldn't. John Hussey shouldn't. This was a very bad weekend for the officials. I, I'm not Jerome Bogart didn't do anything this week. He's just bad in general. I've seen enough of him this year. Um, that's why I call him Jerome Booger because he's shit or he's he's snotty when he comes to um, these calls. Anyway, this was a bad look for John Hussey and that crew. I don't know how you don't call pass interference there. Seems at the end of the games, these officials don't like to call pass interference. Well, they should if it's a, as blatant of a pass interference as that one was. I think the people know that, where it's like, um, you can rough some receivers up, they're not going to call it, usually. I mean, it's obvious. There was a Tyreek Hill was interfered with in the Buffalo game. That was pretty obvious. They didn't call mm-hmm. it. That was pretty late. Yep. And this is another one that, you know, may have cost them the game. Another 2020 tie. It's like, 
We've seen these teams twice in three weeks. They're 2020 is what they do. Mm-hmm. And this was pretty much 2020 right here. So, again, I don't know. We feel, again, this is another thing that should be reviewed. I think number 20 interfered with number 81. Look well, at it. Remember, they did, like, they did make pass interference reviewable a couple years ago, and they never they very rarely overturned it. Um, but something like this, I mean, Jesus Christ, something like this, you would look at it and be like, oh, yeah, he, he got there a little early. He was all over him holding his arm. And there was mm-hmm. what other game was I watching? Some team with a white jersey. I think it was the Dolphins. Well, I know, Some team I know with the white player jersey. Talking about the Dolphins so, one from Saturday night. I know which. I know that play you're talking. That about. one. There was another game, maybe a college game where defensive back grabbed the jersey. The jersey was white, and it was one of those deals where like the jersey stretched out like two feet, <laughs> and he kept running. That it was somebody. And they didn't call that. It's like he literally has his jersey, and it's being stretched out or a shirt underneath. That's a grab. That's illegal. They didn't call that. So it's just about being right and being fair, and that just isn't going to happen. So that's why you get discouraged when you watch these games, you bet on these games, you pick these games, and you're like, I picked that team, and they got screwed. They should have won this game if – it would have been called correctly. So mm-hmm. you can change this. I mean, no, is there anybody today talking about, oh, they got to do this, they got to do that? No. It's like, there should be. And it, Absolutely, especially with the NFL embracing gambling the way they have. I mean, they hadn't before, and now they have. So if you want that, and that's why I mentioned Tim Donaghy uh, with the NBA and stuff, you know, kind of the fixing of the games. If you're missing these blatant calls, that that brings into question the integrity of the game. And maybe it means you need full-time officials. Why they don't have it yet I, I, is beyond me. But maybe it's it's time for that. Or it's time to change something because you can't miss these obvious calls. Especially in a game-ending situation. You just can't. I'm sure they don't mind it. Or they, they mind that the calls aren't right. We're talking about it. I'm sure all the shows we're talking about it today. Mm-hmm. Right, well, that's another it's another Monday of the NFL getting talked about a lot. It usually is anyway. Mm-hmm. But here we're talking about Vikings come back, uh, dumb play by the Patriots, and all these missed calls. Yeah. Uh, anything else we need to get to from the NFL? No, we're just getting down to the playoffs. See what happens here. Week six. Packers Ram. Packers Rams is an awful game. Yeah. Just Aaron Rodgers threw an interception. The receiver was open by I don't know ten yards, eight yards. He overthrew him as intercept. Just two awful teams. So yeah. So next year when they can flex out some of these trash, like you would expect, Packers Rams. Early on, you say, "All right, that's probably going to be pretty good." Mm-hmm. But no, it's it, it's not. It wasn't. So, you know, Saturday games, just beat the Giants, please, for Christ. I mean, the Giants are not a good team. They're just not. And how about this Christmas Day slate? Packers-Dolphins is easily the best game of the day and out of the three, and that's saying something because the Packers suck and the Dolphins have not been great lately. Broncos-Rams, which is just atrocious. 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 Yes, and then Buccaneers-Cardinals is 
awful. Also bad. Uh, and part of that I mean, is because um, Kyler Murray's out, Colt McCoy's likely out with a concussion, but the Bucks suck. I mean, the NFC South right now, six and eight leads that division, and the other three teams are five and nine. <laughs> Uh, Tampa Bay almost beat the Bengals, and then they lost by damn near three scores. Yes. I watched that game, and the Bengals couldn't do anything in the first half, and Tampa Bay looked good. Probably mm-hmm. the best game they played all year, best half. Mm-hmm. They played all year in the second half, just turnovers and fumbles for everybody. Four, uh, I think, turnovers on four consecutive drives in the third quarter. It was just... Brady had never lost to an up 17 in a game. He finally lost. He was like 90 and 0, Good. 89 and 0. Good. Unbelievable. The second straight week, they had the San Francisco game last week, 35 7, to where they were outscored like 35 nothing in that San Francisco game at one point. And I think the Bengals outscored them like 24 to win on a 24 nothing run. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that had ever happened before to Brady. So uh, Brady and. They're going to play the Cowboys in the playoffs. And I would imagine that'll be your Fox 330 game on Sunday. Do we even I, do we even think that the Cowboys are that good? I mean, they just they blew a 17 No, but that, that's going to be the big game because yes. it's the Cowboys yeah. and it's Tom Brady. And that's never happened before. So, I mean, there's going to be a ton of eyeballs on that. I'm not saying it's going to be a good game, but that'll be the biggest game of that opening weekend. Tom Brady's last game maybe against the Cowboys. And the guy at Jacksonville, good win for them, I think. Yes. I think Jacksonville is going to win that division. I think Jacksonville. Uh, I was going to pick them next year, but, yeah, with the way the Titans are sliding. Right now. Um, all, yeah. they got, all they got to do is win one of these last two. Yep. And then it sets up, uh, and that should be your Sunday night game right there. Jacksonville and Tennessee. I think it'll you're be kind of, kind of looking. What's it going to yeah. be? I mean, if that's not it, then they then they can go to hell. I think it could be Baltimore, Cincinnati. If that... I, I don't give a shit about Baltimore and Cincinnati, I want I want Jacksonville. Let's go yeah. Jacksonville. Let's yeah. go. Uh, hey, I, I'm all for it. You look at this upcoming week: Eagles, Cowboys. Of course, the biggest game there on the schedule. Uh, Three. I, I was but... what the hell? I was watching like the uh, end of the at the end of the afternoon games and they run a promo for Eagles Cowboys mm-hmm. and they had the goal to say they get the, the game of the year yeah no. Eagles Cowboys like well Jacksonville kind of put a damper on that sure did now, now you got Jalen Hurts who is living up to his last name yep <laughs> so uh, that, that, is, that is biggest game of the of the year no uh, biggest game of the week, uh, maybe even not even the biggest game of the week. So what a, what a turd that one ended up being. Yeah, uh, Commanders at 49ers is good. Raiders-Steelers, the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and Mike Tomlin still does not have a losing season. And so until he loses that ninth game, you have to factor that in, Raiders after that big win. But I would argue that potentially the, the, the second-best game of the week takes place Thursday night with the Jaguars at the Jets. These are two teams that at the beginning of the season, you're like, why are they throwing this game at week 16? And then you're like, okay, Zach Wilson against Trevor Lawrence, number one versus number two. It, it, that's the storyline here for this late season affair. Now this game... Can I guess which one Zach Wilson is? I think he's number two. I would say so, yeah. He's, well, not in the way in your thinking either. No, so. I, I get where you're going from, and I would agree. Yeah. He's number two in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, he's a number two, all right. <laughs> 
But you have this game has mammoth playoff implications. The Jaguars have a shot at the South. The Jet and even in the wild card too. Uh, the Jets are are fighting for wild card positioning. So this Jaguars Jets game is huge. I was again you got the the people talk about Cowboys Eagles, but I you know there's an argument that can be made that Jaguars Jets is argue, is is bigger. It's more important because the Eagles are winning the division. The Cowboys are in the playoffs. Like, the game is literally meaningless. Right. There's no implications for playoffs. The Cowboys are the four. Eagles are the one. Nothing is going to change. Right. Of all the spots, like, those are the, like, the only two spots we can say, yep, those are pretty much set in stone. Mm -hmm. They will not change. So, on paper, it was a big game. Uh, but, yeah, if Dallas didn't lose, it'd be a huge game, but mm-hmm. they did. So. Yep. And, and, again, why in the hell would you put Jacksonville versus the Jets on Sunday night? It ended up working out in the opposite way of Rams-Packers. Well, it's, it's Thursday night. It's, it's, a, it's a prime game. I know, game. but give them something. Jesus Christ. Jacksonville and the Jets. Like, most years they would both have, like, two or three wins right now. Mm-hmm. Like, why? I don't understand it. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. So that that's the NFL here. College football. The bowl games have been going on. The bowl pick them. Uh, Me and Schottenkirk didn't. Uh, we had a lot of the same picks. We basically put all of our chips into the front here on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And we all had to say, uh, Jackson State, good job for... For I, Dion to I, lose again. Yep, I, I should have just kept it where it was at the five points. I, don't, <laughs> I shouldn't have I shouldn't have moved it, and I'm just going to put the celebration bowl at one next year. I, I can't. And they should have won. What was there? They had that tight end that dropped the touchdown. Yep. I think that would have tied the game in overtime, and a hell of a play to tie the game in regulation mm-hmm. from their from their quarterback. So eh, it's not the end of that game, and then. Yeah, SMU just uh, feces all over their legs. Like, BYU was out without their quarterback, and the guy they had in there was awful. And they were they were literally without 20 players. 20-plus guys, regulars for BYU, didn't play. And, like, you, what's frustrating about sports is that logic doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, like, SMU should win this game. But they didn't. And then they go for two at the end of the game to win it. Yep. It's like, you're the better team. BYU's offense isn't very good tonight. Go to overtime and why? So I I don't. It's very frustrating. The bowl games are stupid. Well, and plus you have all these transfers and these guys sitting out. So it's a very watered-down bowl season. Uh, Boise State and North Texas was good. There was some fighting in there. This, uh... Taylon Green, this quarterback for Boise State, is pretty good. Boise State won that. Uh, Marshall, 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 Marshall defeats uh, UConn. Uh, UConn's offense looked awful. Mm -hmm. I watched the first half of that game and went to bed. And then I go, let me me say something about this game. Yes. Uh, Marshall was a big favorite and ended up winning. And UConn, I don't know how the hell they scored because they were terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. 28-14, 28-14, Marshall wins by 14. Yep. The point spread was 12 and a half. There you go. 
the over under was forty two and a half. Oh. The uh, the deal was forty two, and they had and they got forty two at the end of the third quarter. Nobody scored in the fourth. That's a bad beat right there. UConn's total for the game was fourteen, which they hit exactly. Marshall's total was twenty six and a half, which they got by a point and a half. Mm-hmm. Like that game went according to script to the exact points. Unbelievable! I don't know how they do it, but that is another another perfect game for what. The odds were, but ended up exactly how they thought. Any games this week that you're intrigued by? Oh, let's take a look at the old schedule, don't we? Both pick them. What do we got for the uh, get back here? Schottenkirk, yeah. So me and Schottenkirk made a bunch of picks early on. SME screwed us, and Jackson State screwed us. I mean, one one game was an overtime, one game lost on a two-point conversion. So I'm really close to having a really good start. At a point there, I was like two and three and doing pretty good. I was like the Vikings. <laughs> I had a lot of points while my uh, record was two and three. So we'll see what happens there. And I had a lot of good games this week. It's very light. Pota- very light. We got the Potato Bowl. Don't care about that. Um, you know, we had the Troy and, uh, Troy and UTSA. Kind of a low-scoring game. I'm really intrigued uh, by this Baylor Air Force game because Air Force's rushing attack is outstanding. Yeah. Um, Baylor's been a disappointment this year, so I could see that kind of being like when Army plays in a bowl game and they hold the ball for like 42 minutes just yeah. because they run, run, run. I think that's what Air Force is going to do. I, I think I like Air Force in this game, actually. Yeah, they're a four-point underdog. That wouldn't be a bad upset pick. Other than that, yeah, there's no game that I like. A bad week. Uh, the Jackrabbits play Middle Tennessee State, so that's good for them. Yes. Nice tune-up for Fresco. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. Yeah, next next bowl game I would care about. Boy, we got to go deep on the list here. Kansas, Arkansas. Eh. Uh, I guess it would be next Wednesday. Oregon, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that one. Bo and, Nix and that's is, next Wednesday. Yeah, Bo Nix announced he's coming back, so that's big. Their schedule's not very tough next year. They're at Utah and at Washington. That's going to be host U- They host USC. If they can just lose one, they could be a playoff team. You could see the Pac-12 with two teams, uh, two playoff teams next year. Hey, 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 let's not get hasty here. Like USC. Yes. Uh, Washington, Michael Penix Jr.'s back. Yeah. Utah's been good for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pac-12, not bad anymore. They're not terrible. No, no, I, I, I kind of like it. Uh, you could, I, Again, potential to, for two teams. I'm calling it already. I, mean, I, I might call my shot now. I'm, take, I'm, I'm getting rid of A&M. North Carolina, I had. I might uh, take a, the backseat on them. Take a backseat. Um, yeah. Are right, looking forward to that next year? So yeah, I do. I do like uh, with Sugar Bowl, Kansas State, Alabama. I like that one because mm-hmm. that's against Iowa, Kentucky. No, no, no need to watch that. Nope. Then you got the playoff game. So yeah, New Year's Eve should be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lincoln Keenholes, the peer quarterback. Yes, I saw. He committed to Washington, and then he decommitted. I was going to Ohio State. Yeah, I've, any chance I had of cheering him on is gone now. <laughs> so I mean, that's a 
big move up from you know, Ohio State. I mean, we'll see what he does. What What do you think changed? Because you know the Kalen DeVore South Dakota connection. I believe then you got this other quarterback, this other what the twenty twenty four number one quarterbacks decommitted from Ohio State. And now he the, might go to Nebraska. And now the number three quarterback in the twenty twenty three class yeah. decommitted from Oregon to go to UCLA. Whether or not that's because of Bo Nix coming back, I don't know. Well, it's like yeah, like he's got one year. Like just wait. Yeah. Like Ray, Ray Nola, his dad was a NFL player, and now his dad's an assistant with Nebraska. So if they can get, if Nebraska can get the number one quarterback in 2024, well, that'd be good uh, for Matt Rule yeah. as a first uh, little thing. So I don't know why he he decommitted after. I, I don't know. Maybe they knew that, so Lincoln Keenholz went there. So I don't know what prompted his decision to. Do that. I don't know what Ohio State saw that said, hey, maybe they didn't talk to him much beforehand. So that's interesting. And then also, uh, Peter had a they had a lineman this year, uh, Mishashek, I think, oh, or something like that. Yeah, yep. Uh, he was committed to UND. Is that where he ended up going? Uh, he, M- M- he went to Nebraska. Ah. He, um, yeah, he went to North Dakota, and his dad was the head coach at uh, Douglas, and then they moved to Pierre, thankfully. And his dad was an assistant there, and he got to play for Pierre. Yeah, so he's going to Nebraska. All right. So yeah. Jason Machacek, six four three twenty. Well, you know what? Good for Matt Rule. He's getting. He's already making Nebraska better. That's got to make Charlie happy there. Yeah. Um, We'll wrap up here. Uh, college basketball. Uh, college basketball or hot stove? Where do you want to go first? Hot stove. Twins sign Joey Gallo. We'll see how that goes. I am so pissed Dan- off at the Twins. I might not become a fan anymore. How do you lose out on Dansby Swanson letting him go to Chicago to the Cubs? I am not I am not sad they didn't sign any of these guys. I don't want any of these guys. Didn't we, didn't we say we needed to them to, to make some moves? Can we talk about like that? There's still, there's still plenty of – they'll make some tra- – I mean, there's – the Twins' largest contract they've ever given out was Carlos Correa last year. It was three years, $105 million. It ended up being a one-year deal worth thirty-five. So, in the end, that was not the biggest deal ever. Mm-hmm. Biggest deal before that was four years for $92 million for Josh Donaldson. And he was only there for two years, so it was really only a two-year deal – worth like $45 million. So that was not the biggest deal ever. Biggest deal the Twins have ever signed a free agent is Urban Santana. They signed him for four years, somewhere around $54 million, $56 million. Mm-hmm. And Urban Santana was great and worth every bit of that money. He was outstanding for them. Yes. So the largest contract the Twins have ever given out is $56 million. Carlos. Uh, they signed Joe, they signed Mauer, but he was on the team, and that was kind of an extension. Right. And yeah, you know, Joe, the two hundred, no, the the one eighty four for Mauer. Other than that, you know, Carlos Rodon uh, signs with the Yankees. That's a good get yeah. for them. Um, I why didn't we want Carlos Rodon? Isn't that isn't that what? Yeah, I mean that would have been nice. That would have been nice. He uh, he goes to the Yankees. Um, I don't want any of these shortstop. The Twins don't need a shortstop. They got Carlos Correa. That was fun. He was good. Uh, 13 years and whatever he got from the Giants is not just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. 
He's a fine player. Good for him to get the money. I'm not. I'm not giving him that. I'm just not doing that. No. Uh, Dansby Swanson, seven year, hundred seventy-seven million, I believe. Twenty-five million a year. No. No. Jason Hayward went from the. Where did he go? He was with the Braves, then he went to the Cubs, an outfielder. And he's kind of like that. He was paid a lot of money. Was not a very good offensive player. Was a good defensive player. I'm not giving Dansby Swanson, who is at best an average hitter. He had a good year this year, but other than that for his career, he has not been – he does not light it up offensively for me. Don't want him. Don't want Carlos Correa for 13 years. Twins went, where'd they go, 10 for 285? If they would have done that, it would have all right, that's fine. Trey Turner, 11 for 300, good for him, for the Phillies. Then Xander Bogarts, the fucking ridiculous deal with the Padres for 11 years, whatever the hell it was, 13 years. Just ridiculous. So I don't want any of those guys... The Twins don't need a shortstop. They've got Royce Lewis. He came up. He killed it. He tore his ACL because they had Carlos Correa. And they had to put him in the outfield because Buxton got hurt, and he never played outfield before. So they sent him to AAA to play outfield for 10 days. They came up. He fucked up his knee running in the wall. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's back by the all-star break. And I think he's fine. You don't need a shortstop. You already have one. They signed some guy from the Reds to be a Farmer? dude for a year. Yeah. Who is it? Isn't it Farmer? Wasn't that his name? Yep, yeah, Kyle Farmer. He's just a guy. And they got a guy that they picked with the top pick last year from Cal Poly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Who probably going to be up after this season. Like, he quickly went through the... The, uh, the minor leagues this year. So hell is his name? So, right. And he's also a shortstop. Doesn't mean he's going to stay there, but... Right. Brooks Lee. It just would be nice for the Twins to sign some guy. And, like, Joe, doesn't Joe get but, 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 but they signed Carlos Correa, and he had a normal year for him. You know, it's not his fault. He only had, like, 60 RBIs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not giving you $30 million a year or $25 million a year. Right. If I'm giving you that, you better be goddamn Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. And he gets $40 million. So I'm fine they didn't – I think expectations were probably too high that, oh, they're going to sign one of these guys. Well, no, they've never done it before. So, and, no. And then, then there's still plenty of off-season. They'll make – maybe they'll make trades. Maybe they'll do something. But they should trade Max Kepler. Get, get him out of here. Hopefully this Joey Gallo signing is an indication of that. And Joey Gallo is a guy who's going to hit 180 and strike out literally 220 times this year. Good, decent defense in the outfield. We'll see what the shift does to impact him as far as maybe his average is a 200. So it'll be like Miguel Sano. So interesting, but well, I hope you're right because I'm pretty down on them right now, and it makes me not want like to. they like they don't they need to get better. But it's like, where do you get better at? Like, they signed Christian Vasquez, who's good. They got Luis Arise, who won a batting title. He's at first. You got Jorge Polanco, who's good at second. They tried for shortstop, which I don't think they need. 
They got third base. They traded away Gio Urshela, which I don't like. I would have kept him, but they got Jose Miranda at third, who's better than Urshela, cheaper and younger. Mm-hmm. Their outfield, they just got a freaking boatload of outfielders. They got Buxton, who's always hurt. They got Kepler, who's not very good. Trade him. They signed Joey Gallo. They've got four or five other outfielders that they can plug and play. Alex Karolov gets hurt all the time with his wrists. He's been a big-time prospect. They got Kyle Garlick, who's a good right-handed hitter against lefties, and a couple of other. They got Matt Wallner, a rookie last year, came up and did pretty well. I was like, what, so what do you do? What do you move out? They've got a lot of starting pitchers. They could use some better ones, but they got Sonny Gray, Tyler Molly, uh, Kent Maeda's coming back. They got uh, Joe Ryan. They got three, four other guys who, Bailey Ober, who have been okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They overachieved for a long time last year. They fell off a cliff. But they were 78 and 84 basically a 500 team. So I, I'm fine with them. They're just a team that you watch in the regular season, you expect nothing of in the playoffs. They make it every three years. So like they just can't compete with Phillies and Giants and Yankees for these guys. They just can't. Uh, Let's go college basketball here. What were your thoughts on the weekend? You can, uh, you can, Go on a little bit of an essay here. I'm going to see if uh, no one wants to join us here. So, uh, uh, what? What? It, it was a great week, college uh, college basketball. I bet you're glad that your games got canceled Saturday, so you could watch this Alabama, Gonzaga, and all these other good games. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, if I would have had a game Saturday, I would have probably watched the first quarter of the Vikings and seen that debacle, and gone to this game. And I. I think it probably would have been hard to not know what happened with the Vikings because I'm sure people would have been going crazy in the crowd or something would have been going on. They're like, oh my God, the Vikings were down, now they're up. But the uh, Mitchell game got canceled. Oh yeah, Saturday was an unbelievable day. at the first big day of the college uh, bowl games. He had the three football games. There he is. I watched I watched Gonzaga Alabama 100 to 90. That's a fun way to watch basketball. Up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a that was a good game. Brandon Miller for Alabama freshman had 36. A Kevin Durant type player. Not that good, but a long, tall guy, six nine that can shoot the three. So that was one of the better games I've seen this year. I still want to go back and watch Houston, Virginia. I ah, got yeah. that taped. Uh, probably more points than we thought. 130 for sure, for sure. I, and, and, and I would have taken Houston wins that. Houston wins that. Got to watch that. Uh, Kansas, Indiana didn't care about that. Kansas blew them out. UCLA beat Kentucky. I watched much of the first half of Carolina and Ohio State. <laughs> I agree. They suck, Noah. North Carolina's <laughs> awful. They somehow win this game. And they're down like 10, 15 points in the first half. So I got to see how they come back in this one. But, geez, Carolina is just, it's just rough. It is just rough. And they needed to win, and they did in overtime. They were fortunate to get that done. Yeah. Your Virginia Tech squad looks very good. Yeah. They're 11-1. Good for them. 
Uh, also, game I watched on Sunday morning, which I enjoyed a lot, Arizona and Tennessee. thought that was a good game. Arizona wins 75-70. Connecticut is 12-0. They're at number two. Purdue almost lost to Davidson. Do we think that, so, can, that UConn's that good, though? I don't know. They haven't played. I mean, they're 12-0. and They haven't played too many. They haven't played really anybody. They beat Alabama. That's a good win. They beat, I mean, that's it. They beat Iowa State, uh, whatever, Iowa State. So, I mean, yeah, their schedule's not great. So, I don't know what to think of them. Oh, I watched on Friday night our gosh darn uh, Creighton squad yeah. drop to 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, um, I don't know what's going it, on there. They, injuries? They, they, yeah, injuries. They lost to Marquette. Marquette looks pretty good. They're 9-3. and three. Marquette won by 11. They were up by 9 at halftime. Um, big guy for Creighton. Oh. Their seven footer Ryan, uh, what Colt Brenner? Yeah, yep. He's been out the last three games, so he makes a difference. He like shoots seventy five percent block shots. So he um he was out, so that hurts. So at this point, you're like, can they make the tournament? They're six and six. It's not good. Nope. So I mean, they're an entertaining team, but yeah, if they can get healthy, but yeah, I very much enjoyed the college basketball. Uh, this week, I was the best. I would say the best day of the year, and probably the best day we're going to get until the uh, the tournament. For sure. I mean, just a lot of teams. And there was one one stat they showed. If you go to last week's poll, it was week six, top twenty five. Mm-hmm. I think some ESPN guy came up with the stat of since two thousand four, so the last almost twenty years, the national championship has been ranked in the top twelve or better during week six. Oh. So go back to last year's poll, or last week's poll, who was in the top 12, that's going to be your national championship, one of those 12 teams. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Good to hear. Noah is here. Noah, do you have anything for Travis this week? Donut. Donut? You know. Maybe we can Donuts? Donuts? Oh. How far is his house? Uh, well, he wants to drop off a donut at your house, Travis. How far away is your house from us? From us? From you? I don't know, probably four hours, five hours. It's think- a, not quite as long as the North Pole, but it's sent in the mail. I would send it in the mail. Do you, did you well, see- that's a lot of miles away. Yeah, that is a lot of miles Let's away. Let's tell how, how far we are. Yeah, we're about... Tell- well, yeah, we're about... No, just- I know. We're about four hours away. Did you see Santa this weekend? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Where did you see him at? The mall? Where did you see him at? You see him at a bakery? Did you get a donut? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was good. Do you like like jelly in the donuts or no jelly in the donuts? No, a jelly in the donuts or no jelly? No jelly. What what do you normally like? Do you like just chocolate? You like frosting on on your donuts? Yeah. He loves chocolate. Anything chocolate. Is pretty much chocolate's good. Yeah. Chocolate's good. Yeah. No, you got anything? Oh, we'll do it Christmas. What Sunday? Sunday's the big day. Yes. Oh, okay. He, apparently, it's just that this week. He just wanted to talk about uh, sending you a donut. So that's very well, nice. Well, yeah. you know, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say no to that. No? So donuts are the best. I, you know, maybe you could probably put it in one of those Manila envelopes. Dad, can I lay on the bed? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. That's exciting. Yes. So, I think people liked his segment last week. Uh, it was a big hit. Good. Good. Well, we'll keep um, doing it. If he if he 
Willing and able, he's gonna. We're gonna keep doing yeah. it because he. We covered all. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, not as much. I as mean, he'll be. Yesterday. He'll be four months older once the once the brackets are released. So. Yes. Uh, yep. He's got time to, to 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 watch those games. Yep, we're gonna pick it again this year. Last year he did okay. You know, picking more on the mascots. I'll I'll put the the logos up and everything and tell the mascots. Oh, we're excited. Very good. Oh. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? No, I see, I see men getting pounded by Oral Roberts. Yeah, so. women aren't looking good either. So, Like, I mean, Oral Roberts is your favorite, and they'll, yep. they'll be in the title game, and if SDSU can turn things around here, they can maybe beat them in there. So, yeah, I'm going to watch uh, SDSU in South Carolina. They played pretty well. They did. You know, I mean, right? they were within six with a few minutes to go before yeah. they pulled away. I thought... That they rebounded well. It, obviously, the size is incredibly difficult. Um, but even Don Staley was impressed with SDSU. So I think that that bodes well for the Jacks. Like South Carolina can't shoot apparently. I mean, they got all these big players. That helps. They got Aaliyah Boston. They got some transfer who's like six two, six three, who killed them. But, yeah, they just said, yeah, go ahead and shoot, and they couldn't shoot at all. Yep. Yeah, so good showing for them. And, again, they should win the rest of their games. They should lose again until March. Uh, Maya Sillen didn't do a whole lot offensively in that first half. Uh, was it Brooklyn Meyer? Was she the, the, the freshman center? I thought she played excellent. So she could be maybe the next somebody. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, good, uh, good for them to, and then and, and weather impacted that game with yeah Thursday night. People did not want to go to Sioux Falls. They still had a decent crowd, but I know a few people had to sell tickets or just not use tickets because mm-hmm. you weren't driving an hour from Mitchell or you weren't driving an hour from Brookings to get to that game. So. We're in a dog fight right now with Oral Roberts. So hopefully that turns around. Um, yeah. Cause that that's not good. That Oral Roberts. Like you, 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 you can't lose. No. Two A's, something you can't. Uh, net rating. I looked at those. SDC was around like forty-eight. I think the women were. Mm-hmm. Like the next best was North Dakota at one sixty-one. Ouch. Like USD was fourth. Yeah, they're not lighting the world on fire. So. Yeah. Tough schedule. So yeah, they, you got to win your games in the Summit League. No doubt about that. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, my friend, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Safe travels to you and Melissa. And, uh, you know, we'll chat next week, hopefully, and uh, talk yeah. some more. Hopefully, talk about the Vikings win, about some oh, yeah. good bowl like, games. Like, what? You, can, you can literally predict anything at this point. So, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Have a great rest of your week, my friend. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Travis Grimm's joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. Great stuff there as always. Uh, so we will get right back to it here. Uh, uh, we'll, Marcus will be is traveling down to Florida. We're going to get him next week. We'll talk about the World Cup. Again, Argentina beats France uh, on penalty kicks. Uh, Argentina Lionel Messi cements his legacy as one of the best of all time. Argentine wins that. We'll get his thoughts on that World Cup final next week. We'll also, also get uh, a report on the Gasparilla Bowl because he will be there for that. So that should be a lot of fun. 
but we will wrap things up next with Charlie Hildebrand. Get his thoughts on what we got. Uh, Noah's laughing about uh, something's going on with Paw Patrol there. Uh, but we will talk uh, with Charlie Hildebrand regarding what his favorite moments of the bowl season's been so far. And also get his picks for this weekend's bowl games as well. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Also on available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at NDStack and Facebook. Nathan Stack and Travis on Twitter at Travis Crins. No, he has not applied to be the Twitter CEO, but he could be. We both could be, I should say. A link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. Charlie Hillebrand with thoughts on the bowl season. More bowl picks with confidence. Coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. Bowl season is underway, and who better to talk about that with and make some picks for this week's bowl games than my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review, our resident college football expert, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, let me be among the first or maybe the middle to wish you a happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thank you. You were the first one so far. Ah, yes. Yep, I was first I should one say, the- uh, inside baseball, it is currently the December 20th when we're talking. Mm-hmm. So we're getting to the area where it is, like, maybe this is just me. If you're saying it on, like, December 11th, it's like, all right, calm down. We're, we're too early here. But now we're to the point in time where it's like, oh, yeah, we could really... We can really do this I think and you, say this because we're here now. Yeah, I think you could go with Happy Holidays anywhere from, I, I arguably, I think you could use Happy Holidays after Thanksgiving to Christmas, but you you use the Merry Christmas probably within the la, within a week or so. I think that that's kind of the rule of thumb. I think that sounds right. So that that's the rule of thumb I use. Now, whether that's right or wrong or not, I don't know, but... That's what we'll go with. We have you on here to talk some uh, to bowl game uh, bowl games and teams last week. What nine last week, I believe. We had two on Friday with the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, there was another bowl game in there that I'm blanking on, and then uh, we had seven on Saturday, including the Celebration Bowl. Deion Sanders and Jackson State lose to North Carolina Central. I have learned my lesson. I am not going to pick this Celebration Bowl for more than more than five points. Here moving forward, it just isn't worth it. I had it at five. Krenz talked me into putting Jackson State higher because uh, Deion Sanders was coaching and still Jackson State lost. That was notable performance. Oregon State pummeling Florida was also impressive. What stood out? We both got that right, picking Oregon State over Florida. Yes, and I had it for 42 points, so I'm, I'm feeling good about that. What stood out most to you? about the bowl games last week? Um, off the top of my head, as I'm re-familiaring myself with some of them, I also had Oregon State winning. I only had that for 15, which I would have had higher. But or I, I think, to, to your point, and to also just kind of talk about what I was going to pat myself on the back for. Yes, pat, pat yourself away. I think this is the I, – I would assume this is the most watched or talked about celebration bowl ever at least nationally. I know regionally they may talk about other ones, but mm-hmm. I feel because of Deion Sanders, this was a big deal. And uh, I'm, again, going to credit myself for correctly picking that Jackson State was going to lose because yep. I just did not think that his whole 
heart and emotions would be in it when he was already, you know, a foot and a half out the door. Yep. And uh, Carolina was up a little bit early. And I thought, oh, hey, maybe they'll just roll. To Jackson Jackson State's credit, they came back. And it went to overtime, if I remember right. Yep. And uh, at that point, I was like, oh, man, I thought I had it. I don't think it's going to work out. But Jackson State did lose. And I'm also patting myself on the back because I think I said this last week. I am usually very bad at picking bowl games. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm I'm good at knowing random college football games or things. I am not good at picking who's going to win. Yep. Especially bowl games for whatever reason. And in our sports block or sports lounge group, I forget what it's called. Sports I'm pretty lounge. sure I'm in last place right now. So, but you have a lot of points ahead. You you're very you the games picked so far for you. If I recall correctly, you don't have a lot of points invested in. You still have a lot out there still. I've got a fair amount out there, but I'm only in, if I remember right, I think I'm only in the middle of the pack in our group with points remaining. So you're right that I could still get a lot, but if we look at, you know, my average I'm picking on these, Mm -hmm. I might not finish last, but I don't think I'm going to finish in the top two or three. I fear last place is where I'm headed. Uh, You know, there's just some of these middle mid range uh, picks, you know, the teen picks, not not good so far. But uh, we'll see. You know, Cincinnati, I thought was gonna beat Louisville in the inaugural Fenway Bowl, and and they really kind of crapped the bed. Something fierce in that one. That's a game too. Again, the coaching when the coaches are leaving, or you have that in there, it just makes it more difficult to accurately, um, you know pick or think, oh, this team's ready to go to a bowl game. So, similar with Jackson State. Yeah, I it really is. I shouldn't have done that, so that was a, a mistake on my this, part. This is the other thing, too, though, yeah. is it's kind of like with March Madness, where I'm sure you've done this mm-hmm. before. You, get, you miss something a few times, and you think, oh, I'm never doing this again. Right. But it's not like a mathematics right or wrong thing. That there's still going to be times that... <clears throat> It's not going to go the way that you think it normally does, and you're going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this tough. Is that like I think the the coaches leaving I think is a good thing to look at and take into account. But there are also situations where it doesn't matter. Like if I remember right off the top of my head, I don't know why this is the one that popped into my head, but Rich Rodriguez left West Virginia to go to Michigan, and West Virginia also lost their last game to not go to the national title game, mm-hmm. which is like the all-time nothing to play for. Who cares? We're not getting what we wanted. And I think they played Oklahoma that year in like the Fiesta Bowl and just absolutely housed them. So it's just always weird, and you never know for sure. And that's why it's tough picking these games. And why me personally, I don't gamble on them because I think I know just enough to end up losing way too much money. Right. Well, when we talked last week, you had said that one of the the um, points that you use in, or theories that you use in picking who's going to win and stuff is if you had really high expectations for the year and then just fail to meet them and just crash and burn, which is what BYU and Sometimes did. that works. Yep. Sometimes it works very well, but also for 40 points... I got wrong BYU, uh, BYU and yeah. SMU. I thought, was... BYU doesn't have anything to play for. Right. And I might think that, but they, they still won. They beat SMU, yep. and I missed out on 40 points there. SMU had a chance to win late they, with a two-point conversion. They, they fell just short. 
Uh, so BYU does prevail there. That was a bit of a surprise. How about Frank Gore's son running for, what, over 300 yards or whatever against Rice? That was awfully impressive. Uh, the only thing I'm sad about with that is that the elder Frank Gore has retired from the NFL. Yes. Because my dream, because, I mean, obviously football's different than baseball. Mm-hmm. We can't do the King Griffey senior and junior hitting back-to-back home runs in the NFL. I mean, I suppose you can get touchdowns on back-to-back drives mm-hmm. or something, but wouldn't quite be the same. But what I wanted was to have a situation where Frank Gore Sr. and Frank Gore Jr. were on the same team in the same game at the same time and, like, ran a reverse with each other. Oh, so it was yes. one handed off to the other. Yeah. And, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get that. No. But, well, I mean – But like, there was a point in time where it was like, I don't know, Frank Gore's hanging on and running for 850 yards a year still. It sure is. Well, we know LeBron James wants to keep uh, playing in the NBA until his son, Bronny Jr., uh, can – uh, is in the league, and he would love to play with him. So, uh, I'm sure he would love both to, to both throw an alley oop and then get an alley oop from him. And oh, say for game. sure, for sure, no, no question about it. But that was a big performance. Uh, Boise State beats North Texas 35-32. Fresno State crushes Washington State 29-6. Troy beats UTSA 18-12. UAB over Miami of Ohio 24-20. Uh, Marshall or UConn 28-14, Eastern Michigan over San Jose State 41-27. With that pick, I don't believe we made the picks for Tuesday's bowl games. What did you have, uh, who did you have winning between Eastern Michigan and San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl? And then who all, who did you have also winning the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl between uh, Liberty and Toledo? Well, first off, between Eastern Michigan and San Jose State, for 39 points, I had San Jose State win. Oh. So that's my second highest oh. miss so far. Yeah. And with, with a 40 and a 39 point that I lost both of them. Yeah, that, that's part of why I'm in last place right now. Yeah, okay. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize the 39-point uh, Eastern Michigan or uh, San Jose State pick. I knew about the BYU. Yeah, that, that could really come back to hurt. Um, and then, who did I pick? Hold on, I'm using, I was using Control F and it was highlighting and I couldn't tell which team I picked. I picked Toledo to beat Liberty, and as we're watching this right now, that looks like there's a good chance that will happen in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, so I hope it continues that way. Uh, that was for 20 points, so basically more or less right in the middle. Okay, very good. Very good. So let's, uh, anything else from the bowl games thus far that maybe we haven't gotten to that uh, you'd like to mention? Um, I guess I should say, I mean, are we really stunned that UConn lost? I mean, it was a nice season. I don't want to take anything away from UConn. We all thought they were dead and buried, stepbrother style, Mm -hmm. where it was just shut up, you're going to wake the neighbors as we're pouring dirt on them. Yes. But they made a bowl game, and I want to give them credit for that. Yep. And I don't want this to sound mean-spirited when I say this. But I truly did not think UConn was going to win, and they did not. Yeah. Well, you're right. Again, though, sometimes it's just who's... We tough matchup, obviously yep. a decent Marshall team. Yep. It's just which team is more motivated. That's, sometimes you just throw the records out and just say which team is more motivated. Uh, so let's go to Wednesday's Lone Bowl game, 
It's the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Western Kentucky against South Alabama. Western Kentucky's eight and five. South Alabama ten and two. Charlie, who wins and how many confidence points? I've got South Alabama for twenty-one points. South so another one that's more or less right in the middle. Okay, I have. Uh, let's see here. Getting this pulled up. Let's go anytime. I have South Alabama. I'm a little concerned because Western Kentucky always has a really good offense. You know, Bailey Zappi, you know, Mike White. <laughs> who, who would have thought that, you know, these two quarterbacks from Western Kentucky would be fairly good uh, NFL quarterbacks? Uh, two of the best Northeast quarterbacks. For sure. For sure, yeah. They're both, they both reside in the AFC East. In your uh, division, um, so your Dolphins have to go against them here. They're I, both better than Josh Allen. I hate Josh Allen. I'll never say anything nice about him. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I have South Alabama for 12 points. So, uh, Thursday's game, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, six and six Baylor, disappointing year for Baylor against ten and, or against nine and three Air Force, 7:30 p.m. Eastern, 6:30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, who do you like there, and how much? In this case, I feel bad for not taking the Air Force and the Armed Forces Bowl or whatever it's called. I've got Baylor, though. I just, I don't know, I against a team that's going to be more talented that also has time to – like, the, the other thing, too, is Air Force or any of the military schools, it's always weird mm-hmm. in bowl games where it seems like if you don't show up ready to play – they could just house you like yes. Army did to that pretty good San Diego State team. Yep. Or was it Houston? It was both of them in back-to-back years even, yep. a few years ago. But at the same time, if you're like, hey, we're going to show up ready to play and be ready for their offense, it's like, oh, yeah, they do some stuff good, and I'm not knocking them, but clearly they don't have the same talent level that a lot of the other teams do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going Baylor, and I've got it for 17 points. Okay. I have Baylor winning right now. I went back and forth on this one just because I, I like what Air Force does with the triple option. And you're right. You know, It's something with these military schools that they come in for with these uh, to these bowl games, and they just play really well. And if Baylor is just like, oh, this season has sucked or whatever, they're going to get housed you know, or pantsed by Air Force. I have Baylor winning right now nine confidence points. This is not one that I am very confident in. Nine, nine seems fair. Uh, and also, I mean, yeah. you're totally right on if Baylor doesn't, it just doesn't care. It is like, we suck this year, we don't care. Then they'll get housed. Maybe some of me thinking Baylor also is giving Dave Aranda credit. Yep. That, you know, he won the Big 12 title last year, and even though things didn't go their way this year. I still think he's, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he's a great coach, but I think he's a good coach still. So I think he gets him ready to play. How about uh, then on Friday, we have two bowl games. We have uh, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, 6 and 6 Louisiana against 7 and 5 Houston, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Who do you like there and by how much? I've got Houston and I've got Houston for 24. 24, you How said? How many points do I think they're going to win by? Eh, I'd say eight. You said 24? 24 is what I think. Yes, yep. But you didn't say how many confidence points. You said how much are they going to win by. Oh, I'm sorry. How so many, I gave what, you both. Yeah, I'm at the so confidence 24 points. 24 confidence points, but I think they win by eight. Okay. 
Confident. That's. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Confidence points there. I, I, I assume Clayton Toon is playing the Houston quarterback. He is the difference maker in this one. I think Louisiana was just lucky enough to make it to a bowl game this year. Houston is the better team. Again, it all comes down to do you care enough to play? Like how, how motivated are you? If Clayton Toon is playing, you got a good wide receiver. I think Dana Holgerson's squad wins. I have Houston with 27 confidence points. And then we go to the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Our own Marcus Traxler will be there, I believe. Um, uh, so I look forward to his report next week on the game. But this is in Tampa, Florida, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, who do you like in this one and how many confidence points? So I've got mine pulled up. It doesn't say the bowl game. It just has the team names. Is this the one with San Diego State, Middle Tennessee? No, this is the 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 Gasparilla Bowl between Wake Forest and Missouri. I'm sorry. Okay, gotcha. Seven and five Wake Forest against six and six Missouri. I don't know why on the ESPN Bowl Mania thing when you open it, it doesn't say what the name of it is, but for whatever reason, it doesn't. Um, I some of this as a Nebraska fan, you know, they're not in the same conference. I never really liked Missouri, mm-hmm. so that may play a part in this. And Wake Forest at times did look good this year. I've got Wake Forest winning, and but I've only got it for five points. I have Wake Forest winning as well. I think Sam Hartman's the difference here. Part uh, one of the you know one of the things I look at or one of the factors in picking bowl games and stuff is I'm not picking an SEC team to win uh, a game a bowl game before December 28th, and if I do, it's going to be for low confidence points. I think Sam Hartman's the difference here for Wake Forest. I like Wake Forest to beat Missouri. I have him winning uh, 22 confidence points for me in this one. Nice. So so basically, like, almost exactly right in the middle. But there's a 43 or 44 total points. 43, yep. Go. Yep, 40, yeah. yep. So, yeah, almost it, it, pretty much right in the middle there. So feel decent about it. Not a, I really don't know. Feel fairly good, but not lights out good. Right. A Christmas Eve tradition. It's the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Uh, this one will be taking place inside a 9,000-seat stadium there in Honolulu because, uh, you know, the old stadium there got uh, too bad and they uh, blew it up, I believe. I think they're building a new one here. But we have 7-5 Middle Tennessee State against 7-5 San Diego State. This is competing against Vegas and Pittsburgh uh, in the NFL. That'll be at 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. So there is some competition for the Hawaii Bowl this year, unfortunately. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time, though, on ESPN. Charlie, who do you like in this one, and how many confidence points? I like San Diego State more. Some of that may just be based off San Diego State historically being better. I'm not going to pretend to know a great deal about San Diego State Middle Tennessee this year. But I, I'm going San Diego State, and I'm going for 25 confidence points. All right. Uh, I have San Diego State winning. Uh, Middle Tennessee did beat Miami earlier in the year. So that's something, you know, and then they, they just kind of floundered the rest of the way. San Diego State's defense is great. Their offense really isn't that great. So I, I wonder just how how good they're going to be against Middle Tennessee. And, you know, San Diego's got such beautiful weather. Are they really going to appreciate being in Hawaii? Middle Tennessee likely will. Uh, I do have San Diego State winning 10 confidence points. And justice would be served if 
they would show when previewing this bowl game or talking about it at half, instead of showing San Diego State highlights, they would show South Dakota State Jackrabbit (laughs) highlights. uh, and, and when talking about San Diego State, this is like what ESPN did last week on that Friday night uh, when previewing SDSU against Montana State and showing Sa- uh, San Diego State against Air Force. To which I say, to hell with you, ESPN. Um, still no apology has been issued, but that's a disgrace. That That is a new low when it comes to uh, ESPN um, disrespecting SDSU. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get any better. No. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know how many people are employed by ESPN, but it's a lot less than it was 15 or 20 years ago. And I think they probably survived more on like, hey, let's get some young people in here. So it ends up just being like, not interns, I would say a higher level than an intern, but a low level employee. That's, that doesn't know the difference, mm-hmm. and then they just keep getting new guys that don't know the difference. Well, That's I'm, my guess as to why it happens, but I, I don't know. I'm guessing it was an intern. But now since we're talking about SDSU, they beat Montana State 39-18. to They're going to, the first, uh, to Frisco to take on North Dakota State. Tickets are uh, in high demand, a lot of uh, high-priced tickets, it sounds like, or what it's going to be anyway. Uh, I know someone was telling me that they they saw tickets and it was for two hundred and fifty bucks, which if I remember right, I think that's roughly how much it was per ticket when my dad and I went to the Rose Bowl. Now, granted, that was in January of two thousand two, so inflation could be some of that. But mm-hmm. it's just, I, it, I, I get that it's a smaller stadium in Fresno. Yep. At least I'm assuming it is. Yes. I feel confident that they can't hold 100,000 people like the Rose Bowl knows. Yes. But, but it's weird thinking like, oh, hey. And, and I don't want this to sound like I'm downplaying FCS football. I just wouldn't have guessed that national title tickets for an FCS game in Frisco would have been that much. I was thinking they'd be like 80 or or $100 per ticket as opposed to like, oh, no, it's definitely way over 100 Right. Right. Um, I think as, this is the matchup that Crins wants. This is the matchup I kind of dread. I'm nervous about it already. I think SDSU is the better team because North Dakota State struggled with Incarnate Word. And this is, I would say, it's a fairly bad NDSU team this year. SDSU has beaten them three times in a row. But in this scenario, and we could talk about this more uh, as we, you know, because we have three weeks to go, but. I'm just thinking out loud here that like NDSU has never lost in Frisco. They know what it's like. SDSU 0-1 in Frisco. They lost in the to Sam Houston State in the spring championship. It's going to be, I think, a difficult task, but SDSU is the better team this year, so I think they should be favored to win the game. I would hope that they do, and if they do, uh, this would equal five national championships of the Bison. With, with scenarios like this for South Dakota State, where it's either we haven't beaten a team in a long time or we haven't won a conference title in a long time and we always lose when we play in the conference title game, mm-hmm. or we've made the, the national title game a few times but we, we keep losing, I always feel like when you're going to kind of like break the, the streak, a negative streak in a positive way, mm-hmm. and I realize that they've only lost one national title game. It's not like this is five or six times, but 
it seems like there's only one of two ways that teams win. It's never like, oh, hey, we were up by 14 points going into the third quarter or going into the fourth quarter and then outscored them 10 to nothing and just kind of comfortably won and kind of cruised to an easy win. It's never that. It's always either like we came out on fire and just blew their doors off and beat the shit out of them and it was never in doubt. Or it's this is going to be white-knuckling the entire game, and it's not going to be decided until the final minute one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And if they win, I don't want to say it's going to be more satisfying long-term, but in the moment, it's going to be much more satisfied if you win that way. Now, the downside is that you're sweating it out the entire game. And it's, it's, it's been a long time since Nebraska's won a national title, mm-hmm. but I do remember that I've seen them win very easily where you're like, oh, this is fun. I can just sit on my hands and enjoy the rest of this. And also like, oh, my God, this is really going down to the wire, and this is really nerve-wracking right now. And I don't know which of those it's going to be, but if South Dakota State wins, and I think they're going to win. I mean, I'm not like 100% confident they're going to win, but I think it's going to be one of those two where it's either like, oh, my God, they looked great, and they went out and they won 38-10 to 10 over North Dakota State and just basically showed they were way better. Or it's going to be like, oh, my God, North Dakota State's got the ball with 130 left and two timeouts on their own 40. How do we keep them out of the end zone? Right. And essentially probably doing what happened the last time, except this time getting a stop at the end. Like, I think it's going to be one of those two, as opposed to what I think we would want would be like, oh, hey, yeah, we just kind of, you know, went out and, you know, they were up 12 at halftime and just kind of cruised to a 19-point win that, you know, it kind of got a little nervous at times but wasn't really in doubt and didn't really pull away and just was kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just makes me nervous thinking about it, but I, I want this win so bad over North Dakota State to shut them up for a little bit here. Uh, would be nice. But we'll talk about that. I- yeah, sorry. Or I was just going to say, and I don't remember, we maybe talked about this last week. If they win, it's going to be so much more satisfying yes. than if they beat Incarnate Ward instead. Yes. Yep. But the downside is if they lose. You know, like, if they lost to Incarnate Ward, like, it would suck because they lost in the national final game. Yep. But it would just be like, ah, well, I guess Incarnate Ward's better. That sucks. Okay. But if they lose to North Dakota State, like, for I mean, the rest of the day and maybe the next day or two after that, it's just going to be like, well, this freaking sucks. And I wish they wouldn't have even made the national title game now. I hate everything. Right. And I'm just going to buy green stuff and just burn it just to feel something. Oh, yeah, because Bison fans will never let Jack Rabbit fans live it down. No. So No, never. No, so we, we can't have that. It just it cannot happen. But we'll discuss that game more here as we as we get closer to it. Uh, final game here to pick this week. We're going to pick the Quick Lane Bowl. It's Monday, December 26th. We had 6-6 six and six New Mexico State. Jerry Kill doing an outstanding job getting New Mexico State to bowl eligibility, even though they had to, you know, even though they beat Valparaiso uh, to do it, to get to bowl eligibility. And then Bowling Green, 6-6 six and six as well. That game is in Detroit, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Charlie, who wins and how many confidence points? I mean, first off, I mean, I mean, it's good that they get to go to a bowl game, but how much of a slap in the face that they got to go to Detroit. But I always feel bad for the teams that have to play oh, the quick sure. lane bowl. Yes. 
Yep. It's bad. Um, I've got Bowling Green. I've only got it for nine points, though. Okay. This is not one that I'm, I'm obviously not very confident about. I am picking Bowling Green. New Mexico State's quarterback, I believe, has hit the transfer portal. So they will be breaking in a new quarterback. And if that's any – like, hey, their, their quarterback got on his six wins and now he's no longer with the program. Uh, yeah, give me Bowling Green. Give me them for 35 confidence points taken down New Mexico State. That's good. That's higher than mine. And also right as we're talking about this. Uh, I guess the viewers will know the result, but Liberty just scored to cut it to twenty-one nineteen. Oh God! So three forty left. I'm, uh, clearly, they're going to go for two if there's less than four minutes left. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get it or not, but yeah. Hey, vey. come on, I, I, come on, Toledo. We need you to to win here, but we'll see. Yeah, Rockets, uh, you got a sore. You got a sore now, Rockets. Yes, that's exactly Time to reach right. your apex in the next 340 right here. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right, Charlie, always appreciate the time. Um, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? Um, I think the only other thing, as I'm sort of stalling for time here to see what happens, Liberty threw an incomplete pass. They didn't get it, oh, so that's good. Watch out. They're going to kick a game-winning field goal. Uh to win. Toledo. Also, there was a flag on the play, so it may have all been for not anyways. <sighs> Dumb flags. Boo. I mean, what, is this the commanders out here right now? Can't get a call? What's going on? Oh, do we want to talk about not getting calls? It's either <laughs> the commanders and then also the Minnesota Vikings getting two defensive touchdowns taken away by the same guy, no less, Chandon Sullivan. Stacking, you can't complain about the Vikings when they just had the most epic win in terms of a comeback in NFL history. They did, yeah. You should just be focused yeah. on the positives. I, I should. I should. And now people are like, well, like, it wasn't nearly as good as the Patriots Raiders game at the end. I'm like, okay. It, cause, well, I mean, it was a regular season game, so it was less important, but. But it's still the biggest comeback ever. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. The Raiders Patriots game, that was the biggest, like, that was the the craziest ending to a game I think I've ever seen. I think we'll ever see in our lifetimes, and it's just a boneheaded play by the by a Patriots team. You just don't normally don't expect it from the Patriots. Um, I feel confident in saying that it's the worst slash dumbest lateral in history. Oh, for sure, because because they're tied. Well, I mean, what the best case scenario, the absolute best case, the realistic best case scenario is Mac Jones catches it, not within 30 yards of a teammate, can't throw it forward because they've already passed the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So the best-case scenario is Mac Jones catches it, instantly gets absolutely hammered by Chandler Jones, and he falls over tackled but doesn't lose the ball on a fumble, and it goes to overtime. What? That's the realistic best-case scenario, throwing it backwards. And obviously it got much funnier. That. Here's here's the thing. Why didn't they just take a knee with three seconds left rather than do a draw? Like, that just doesn't make sense. Or, heck, throw a Hail Mary. And for those that are saying, well, this was, a, like, more impactful than the Vikings coming back from 32 points to beat the Colts. That was a historic comeback. And also, this is a regular season game featuring two teams that are just trying to fight for the playoffs. Like, this isn't... I don't... Like, they're, this play... I, is no Let's put it this way. I 
I think people are more intrigued by the Patriots one. Yes. Because stuff like that doesn't happen to New England. It's right. New England that always did that to other teams. Where with the Vikings, it's like, oh, hey, we thought they were going to lose. And they ended up beating a bad team that's not going to go to the playoffs, obviously, anyways. Not to take anything away from the Vikings. Sure. But in some ways, it's less surprising, not because because of the awful spot that Indianapolis is in, yep. where they've got you know a guy who's barely coached high school football and doesn't know what he's doing as an NFL coach against a guy that everyone thinks of as like oh the best co- the best coach ever, never makes a mistake, knows everything, and all of a sudden they just turned into a high school JV team at the end. Right. It's, it's just a- like wait what. Right. It's still the largest comeback, though, in NFL history for the Vikings. And I feel like everyone, you know, like, yes, you can crap on the Vikings for being down 33 to nothing to the Colts at home in Minnesota. But then you also need to give them credit for rallying back to win the game. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, it. well, you know what? The Vikings can silence their critics by winning in the playoffs. And that's really all that matters. And can your Frank Dolphins... Reich used to have the biggest record for comeback uh, Frank... with the Bills. Yeah, Frank Reich with the Bills, and he got fired from the Colts. So there's. A... So which do you think it is? Do you think he's happy that they did this, and it's like, haha, screw you? Or do you think the Colts did it on purpose, and they're like, screw you, Frank Reich. Oh. We're really going to make this hurt. You're losing your your because Frank Reich used to have the best the best uh, stat information thing in history. Well, there was a point in time he had what the biggest comeback in college football history and in NFL history. That's and now, unfortunately, he doesn't have either anymore. And I do miss, and since he hasn't had the college one for 15 or 20 years, but I do miss it being able to be like, hey, Frank Reich's just an okay quarterback. But if you're down big in the fourth quarter, there's no one scarier to try to to try to stop if he gets on. I like that Jeff Saturday lost on a Saturday. Uh, he'll probably lose on this Saturday as well. And also, the Colts have now been outscored 55 to nothing, not in the last two games, in the last two fourth quarters. That is the stat. That's not good. No, it is not. It is not. And please, uh, can your Dolphins beat the Packers on Sunday just so we don't have to worry about the Packers in the playoffs? I mean, I hope so. I've been hoping they've been winning the last three weekends and I've not been able to do it, but... I mean, I... I want to be fair, I will say. Again, on, on the road against a good Buffalo team. Yeah, in the cold. I'm glad that they at least looked like a team that should have been on the field as opposed to just getting blown out by San Francisco where it's yep. like, oh no, they're definitely not ready for prime time. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, and I'm going to have to start to... Uh, this week against uh, my wife in fantasy football in the playoffs because Jalen Hurts won't be playing against the Cowboys. So I need a big game from Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and, of course, Tua against the Packers. So uh, whatever you can do to make that happen, I would appreciate. Well, I mean, we have a weekly meeting, so I'll, uh, I'll tell Tua on Thursday what you said. I'll pass it on to him. Thank you. I and bet. usually when I do stuff like that, it's when he has a big game. When he has a big game. Right. So hey, wh- you're probably sitting pretty. All right. I appreciate it, my friend. That's all I needed. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, Charlie, have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Hope you have a great time with your family, and we'll talk next week, uh, preview some more bowl games. All right. Sounds good. Merry Christmas to you too, Stackett. Thank you very much, Charlie. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. 
Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Pick some bowl games here. We got a lot of bowl games to pick next week. Of course, um, yeah, it's just it's fun to pick these games, see how they all turn out. Some haven't turned out so good for for me for the most part, uh, but but we'll see. Bowl season is still young. Let's wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, as we always do during football season, with a look back at the previous week in the NFL and make some early picks for the following week. Uh, so that's coming up here. It's week, what was it, week 14? 15. Week 15 last week. Holy cats. Week 15 started Thursday night. The San Francisco 49ers go up to Seattle and beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-13. Brock Purdy played good in this one again. Christian McCaffrey was fine. The Seahawks offense couldn't get anything going at all. This 49ers defense is so legit. They are playing outstanding football right now. They get the win and they sew up the NFC West with a 21-13 win. We've talked about it a lot uh, throughout this entire podcast. The Minnesota Vikings coming back from the largest uh, deficit ever. 32 points was it. They were down 33 to nothing at half. They rally back to beat the Colts in overtime. 39-36. Kirk Cousins, 400, uh, what, 460 yards passing, four touchdowns, two picks. 417 of those passing yards came in the second half in overtime. He was absolutely great. The Vikings win the NFC North with the win. It was just an incredible comeback for them. And can you, can we just have that bottle up whatever happened in the second half and use that the rest of the season. That would be really good. Please and thank you. Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens 13-3. This was on Saturday as well. Tyler Huntley got the start for the Ravens. Offense was dreadful. Justin Tucker missed a couple field goals, I believe. Browns get the win. Deshaun Watson, first home game uh, for him, and he got the win. So good for him, I guess. Uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins 32-29. Josh Allen, four touchdowns in this one. What, three passing, one rushing? He was great. That pass, that touchdown pass at the end of the first half to James Cook, fantastic. The Dolphins actually had a 29-21 lead in this one uh, after Tyreek Hill caught a touchdown pass, but Allen rallied the Bills, and they kick a game-winning field goal late as the snow was falling. Um, the refs said that they were going to give a 15-yard penalty to Bills fans in the first half or to the Bills, they, they asked Bills fans to stop throwing snowballs. Uh, otherwise, the Bills would get a 15-yard penalty. So crazy stuff there. Bills get the win 32-29. Saints beat the, the then on Sunday, uh, Saints beat the Falcons 21-18. Andy Dalton, two touchdown passes to Juwan Johnson, the tight end. Uh, uh, Taysom Hill with a touchdown pass in this one, and the, the Saints prevent Desmond Ritter from getting his first win as an NFL quarterback with the Atlanta Falcons, 21-18 win. Pittsburgh Steelers get the win over the Carolina Panthers, 24-16. ton of Steelers fans at this one. This game was in Carolina. You wouldn't know that based on the shots, though. Uh, There were a ton of Steelers fans there. Uh, Trubisky played okay in this one, did enough to get the win. Steelers prevailed it. And, hey, no losing season yet for Mike Tomlin. He's still got to win the final three games of the season, but... Still, he's 6-8 and eight right now, so there is still hope. Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chicago Bears 25-20. Eagles offense started out very slow in this one. It was 6-3 to three Chicago with a few minutes left in the second quarter. Jalen Hurts breaks through for a run, uh, a big run and a touchdown. He had three rushing touchdowns in this game, two passing interceptions, and he did hurt his shoulder. Unlikely, I think, to play against Dallas this upcoming week, but we will see. 
Kansas City Chiefs survived a scare from the Houston Texans. Back-to-back weeks now, the Texans have played the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Played them really tough. Should have arguably won both of those games, you could say. The Chiefs, though, win 30-24 to in overtime after Davis Mills fumbled it. Jarek McKinnon runs in 26 yards uh, out for the win. Patrick Mahomes was very good in this one. Uh, but ultimately... You'd like to see the Chiefs win by a little bit more than what they did, but they get the win 30-24, to uh, and they clinch the AFC West. How about them Cowboys? Uh, falling back to earth a bit after almost losing to the Houston Texans the previous week. They lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-34. to What, Rayshon Jenkins with a pick six in overtime for Jacksonville? Trevor Lawrence looking great. Uh, they were down 27-10 to in the third quarter and came back. Uh, scored 21 unanswered points to take the lead. Cowboys rallied with a touchdown of their own, and then Jaguars tied it up at the end of regulation and then ultimately got the pick six in overtime to get the Jaguars a win, and now they are just one game back of first place in the AFC South, which is absolutely incredible. Detroit Lions beat the New York Jets 20-17. Zach Wilson got the start for the Jets for an injured Mike White. Played okay, but the Lions, just too good. They this The, the play call that they had with their tight end, Brock Wright, that uh, scored the game-winning touchdown, was a thing of beauty. The Jets had some play clock issues. Um, not something that you want to see from them, but the Lions ultimately prevail 20-17. to Broncos get the, their fourth win of the season over the Arizona Cardinals 24-15. This is the battle of the backup quarterbacks, Brett Rippon for Denver, Colt McCoy for Arizona. McCoy got injured in the third quarter, suffered a concussion, was out for the rest of the game. Trace McSorley comes in, doesn't do much for the Cardinals. Broncos uh, prevail 24-15. We talked about it, uh, the, the play with Jacoby Myers pitching it back to Mac Jones. Inexplicably, Chandler Jones picks it off and runs it in for a touchdown. Raiders beat the Patriots 30-24. Keelan Cole with a touchdown catch that maybe shouldn't have been. If you look at it, it doesn't appear that his second foot got inbounds, but they called it a touchdown on the field. No conclusive enough evidence to overturn it, and the Raiders keep their slim playoff hopes alive with a 30-24 win. Chargers beat the Titans 17-14. Uh, after each team scored a touchdown in the first quarter, no one scored until the fourth quarter. Chargers, uh, Brandon Staley, I've often criticized him and his analytical approach. Uh, crazy approach, I should say. Um, he made the right call by calling timeouts when the Titans had it first and goal with about a minute left in the fourth quarter. Chargers got the ball back plenty of time. Justin Herbert finds Mike Williams for a big gain. And then Dicker the kicker gets the uh, game-winning field goal for the Chargers, and they win 17-14. Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked good for a half. They were up 17-0 against the Cincinnati Bengals at one point, and then Cincinnati rattled off 34 consecutive points. Uh, they were aided by the fact that the Buccaneers turned the ball over four different times, four straight times, four straight possessions in the third quarter alone. Um, Tom Brady and the Bucs, what, what's going on here? Does anyone want to win the NFC South? Tend to say no. And then the Giants beat the Washington Commanders 20-12 to on Sunday Night Football. Controversy. In the, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, what, the grand slam. He gets the sack. It was a, a strip sack. So a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown in the second quarter there on one play for the Giants. Controversy late uh, with Terry McLaurin getting called for um, not 
being up on the line when he looked at the ref and or at the side judge and said, "Hey, am I on?" and no, no one said anything. It's just bad. And then a missed pass interference call uh, that would have given Washington first and goal. It was a bad, bad week for NFL officiating here, and this was just another prime example. And then Monday Night Football, Green Bay Packers beat the LA Rams 24-12. A.J. Dillon, a couple of touchdowns in this one for the Packers. Aaron Jones, a receiving touchdown. Packers keep their playoff hopes alive. And so we go to Week 16. Who would have ever thought at the beginning of the season that the Jaguars and the Jets playing on Thursday night on Amazon Prime Video, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time, would be would have these enormous playoff implications. The Jaguars are one game back in the AFC South. The Jets are clinging to a playoff uh, to a wild card spot or trying to fight for a wild card spot in the AFC. This is a monster game, a pivotal game. I'm gonna go with the Jets. Uh, I want to see what the Jaguars can do on the road in this one. I know they beat the Titans on the road just a couple of weeks ago. I know they've beaten the Chargers before. I'm going with the Jets. I don't say that with a great degree of confidence, though, because uh, the Jaguars are playing really good football right now. Sundays or Saturdays games, excuse me. New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. I'm nervous about the Vikings in this one just because of the emotional uh, toll, the amount of energy it took to beat the Indianapolis Colts last week. But they need to keep winning to keep that number two seed. I think they are a better team than the Giants. I think they will beat the Giants. Justin Jefferson should have another big game. Atlanta Falcons at the Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Battle of the Birds. I think Lamar Jackson plays in this one. Ravens are a better team than the Falcons. I'll take the Ravens over the Falcons. Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Lions are playing outstanding football right now. But the Carolina Panthers still have a shot at the NFC South. And I refuse to say that. think that... Are the Lions really that good? Yes, their offense is outstanding. But Carolina's defense is really good. I'm going to go with the Panthers here. It's crazy. I probably shouldn't do it. But I think they can beat the Lions. I think they will beat the Lions narrowly. This is like a one or two confident point sort of game. Don't say that with a great degree of confidence at all. Buffalo Bills at the Chicago Bears. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Josh Allen against Justin Fields. A lot of rushing yards for both these quarterbacks. Josh Allen has a more complete team around him. Bills get the win over the Bears. New Orleans Saints at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Saints still have a shot at the NFC South. Browns might be a little better. Low-scoring game. Neither one of these teams is all that great. Both teams pretty good defenses. I'll go with the home team here, though. I'll take the Browns to win. Seattle Seahawks at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Seahawks kind of reeling a little bit. The Chiefs coming back home. That should do the trick. I like the Chiefs to win fairly big over Seattle. Cincinnati Bengals at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Patriots are reeling after last week. The Bengals are playing with so much confidence right now. What, four, four wins in a row? They're playing incredible football. Give me the Bengals to beat Bill Belichick and company. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Texans are playing good football right now. They're playing hard football. The Titans are reeling. They've lost four in a row. If they don't beat the Texans, their season's kaput. I will take the Titans to beat Houston because if not now, when Titans don't don't let me down. How about the Washington Commanders at the San Francisco 49ers? 
4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Big game for Washington to keep their playoff hopes alive, but the 49ers are playing great football right now. That defense is going to swarm Taylor Heineke and company. I like the 49ers to win fairly convincingly over Washington. And then Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. This game was billed as potentially the biggest game of the year. The Cowboys losing last week, and the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts probably sitting with a bum shoulder, so he won't play. I think that, I mean, Philadelphia just needs one win or a Viking loss to sew up home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. It's not that big of a game. Philadelphia will rest. I think Dallas to beat Philadelphia if that is the case. Then Saturday night on the NFL Network, it's the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So, of course, we need Raiders against the Steelers, the 6-8 and eight Raiders at the 6-8 and eight Pittsburgh Steelers. I... I I'm hesitant to pick the Raiders. I'm going to take the Steelers. I want the Raiders to win. I want to see them use the momentum from last week. But I just don't trust. The Raiders go to sleep for large chunks of a game here. Give me Pittsburgh to win a close one. And then on Sunday, we got three games. Uh, noon Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox. It's the Green Bay Packers at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins have lost three in a row. They're coming back home. They need a win in the most in, in desperate way. I like Tua and company to have big games. Give me the Dolphins over the Packers. Denver Broncos at the LA Rams, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. And also Nickelodeon going to do some slime time action. That's the only reason why you would want to watch this game. If you're going to watch it, watch it on Nickelodeon. That's where it's at. Slime and everything. Give me the... Uh... Who the hell knows with this one? Give me the... Yeah, give me the Broncos. I don't like that, but we'll go with it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Arizona Cardinals, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. If Colt McCoy plays, the Cardinals will hang around in this one. I don't think he will, though. I Give me Tom Brady and the Bucks to get the win in this one. And then Monday Night Football, L.A. Chargers at the Indianapolis Colts, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Chargers should win this game. This is a game that they could easily, quote-unquote, charger away. But I'm curious to see how many more points the Colts give up in the fourth quarter here. Give me the Chargers to win on Monday Night Football. And those are your Week 16 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. Appreciate you listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Stay, stay safe out there with all the cold uh, weather going around the winter storm that's hitting the northern plains and then uh, spreading east. Uh, safe travels to everyone here. Have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, everyone. Find this podcast available on podcast.com or on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack and uh, Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. Charlie Hildebrand on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Have a wonderful holiday weekend with your friends and family. Um, remember that tis the, the reason for the season. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We'll be back next week. Marcus will join us to recap the World Cup and also the Gasparilla Bowl. Charlie will be here to pick more bowl games. And Travis and I, of course, will talk about everything and all things sports uh, in the sports world. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.